Hey everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today, since it's October, Halloween is like a week away, I decided I want to cover E.T. I watch this movie every year. It's one of my favorites. It actually came out the year that I was born, 1982. I just, I love this movie so much, and I thought, you know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to cover this movie for the podcast because this is a classic movie. Yes, the movie I'm talking about today is E.T. the Extraterrestrial, which was released on June 11th, 1982. So, yeah, I was still two, a little over two months from being born at this point. Alright, so I want to start out with the taglines. There are quite a few. He is afraid. He is totally alone. He is three million light years away from home. Oh, he is three million light years from home. A Steven Spielberg film. His adventure on Earth. The mystery. The suspense. The adventure. The call that started it all. The story that touched the world. Oh, this is from the 1985 re-release. Alright, so I am going to do a couple different synopsis here. The first one is short. A troubled child summons the courage to help a friendly alien escape Earth and return to his home world. Here's the second one. After a gentle alien becomes stranded on Earth, the being is discovered and befriended by a young boy named Elliot. Bringing the extraterrestrial into his suburban California house, Elliot introduces E.T. as the alien is dubbed to his brother and his little sister Gertie, and the children decide to keep its existence a secret. Soon, however, E.T. falls ill, resulting in government intervention and a dire situation for both Elliot and the alien. Alright, so here's the cast list. Elliot, of course, is played by Henry Thomas. We have Drew Barrymore playing young Gertie. One face you may recognize, he's been in a lot of stuff, Peter Coyote. Is that how you say this? Coyote? Uh, he doesn't even get a character name, it just says Keys, because at the beginning of the movie, we don't really see any faces of these men running through the woods, and all we hear and see are these keys, so that's what he's been dubbed. Dee Wallace as Mary, Elliot, and Gertie, and of course, uh, older brother, Michael's mother, so yeah. Michael, of course, is played by Robert McNaughton. We have some other familiar faces in here um, that were kind of before they got their start. We have Casey Martel playing Greg. He, of course, played Eddie, one of Mike Seaver's friends on Growing Pains. We also have a young C. Thomas Howell, who most of you will probably recognize from... This is pre-The Outsiders, pre-Pony Boy Curtis. The girl who Elliot kisses in the classroom, you may think, well, that girl's familiar. Well, if you're a Full House fan, you've seen all the episodes, she is in Season four's One Last Kiss. She played Jesse's high school girlfriend. She was also in an uh, episode of Silver Spoons in Season 5. There, let's see. Oh, also, she was on Baywatch as, as well. So it's hard. I mean, that's who I kind of recognize as familiar faces. Um, 
The movie, of course, was directed by Steven Spielberg. This was done the same year that Poltergeist came out as well. So they both kind of came out back to back. It was written by Melissa Matheson. Okay, let's check out some trivia here. So being there's so much trivia, I just want to, I'm going to pick like four top fat, uh, trivia and then we're going to kind of move on because there is just so much of it. The first one, most of the full body puppetry was performed by a two foot, 10 inch tall stuntman, but the scenes in the kitchen were done using a 12 year old boy who was born without legs, but was an expert on walking on his hands. Steven Spielberg shot most of the film from the eye level of a child to further connect with Elliot and E.T. At one point, Gertie looks down at E.T. and says, I don't like his feet. This was ad-libbed by Drew Barrymore and was actually her referring to the grouping of wires coming out of the E.T. puppet. She also ad-libbed the line, give me a break, after Elliot tells her only little kids can see E.T. E.T.'s face was modeled after poet Carl Sandburg, Albert Einstein, and a pug dog. Aww. That must be the cute little pug nose. <laughs> At the auditions, Henry Thomas thought about the day his dog died to express sadness. Director Steven Spielberg cried and offered him the role of Elliot on the spot. Alright, two more trivia. According to the film's novelization, E.T. is over 10 million years old. And Foley artist John Roche, R-O-E-S-C-H, said he used a wet t-shirt crammed with jello to simulate the noise of E.T.'s waddling walk. So, box office. We got budget $10,500,000. Opening weekend made $11,835,389. Grossed four. Million four hundred and thirty-five million a hundred and ten thousand five hundred and fifty-four world worldwide gross seven hundred ninety-three million four hundred eighty-two thousand a hundred and seventy-eight. All right, let's get into ET. I am so ready for this. I love oh, I love this movie. It's a classic. It's one of my favorites. Like I said, I watch it every October. Cause in my mind, honestly, I don't know about you, but I do kind of classify kind a Halloween movie a little bit because there is a scene of Halloween. So Now, the movie opens with a black screen. We do see lavender color, lilac colored font introducing the actors, you know, Dee Wallace, Peter Coyote, Drew Barrymore, and the guy who, actor who plays Michael, and then of course, and then it says, and Henry Thomas as Elliot. So, I know there's a proper term for one that, like, on TV shows, sometimes they'll say, and so-and-so as this, like, on Silver Spoons, they'll say, and Joel Higgins as Edward, or something. So, I, I thought there was a proper term for that, but I don't know what, if anyone out there listening knows what the term is, for that, when you say and so and so, like a, a special type of credit or something, email the podcast at lbom wonder years podcast at gmail.com. Of course, music by the amazing John Williams. He's done 
such amazing. He's scored so many good movies. So I kind of want to sum up the opening. We get a shot of the night sky. We're in the woods. We see E.T.'s spaceship. We see his other family, if you want to call them family members. We see more than likely E.T. peeking from behind the bushes. Then all of a sudden, so quickly, these trucks just pull into the wooded area. They're out, and these men are out of their trucks and they're running because whether they've been trying to catch the spaceship and get these aliens, capture them, but E.T.'s family gets spooked. Unfortunately, he is left unaccounted for and they just, they're gone. They're into the sky. They're a dot. They're boom, gone. And he's left there. And, of course, the men are probably coming with with dogs and stuff to try to track the scent and whatnot. And poor, I feel bad for E.T. Not only is he left alone on a planet that he's unfamiliar with, but he doesn't have his family with him. He doesn't have protection. He knows nothing about this environment. We actually do get a shot inside the spaceship, which does show... A lot of vegetation, a lot of plant life, a lot of plant growth. Looks like they probably went to other planets, other areas, and gotten different forms of plant life probably to study. Because I read in the trivia also that E.T. is supposed to be a plant of some kind, kind of plant-based material. So I kind of wanted to not so much really just brush over this whole beginning part, but it just, it happens so quickly, and then it's done. And then we get to Elliot's house. I gotta say, I do love this looking down on the town, like all these, uh, this grid of lights, of homes all lit up at nighttime. It's pretty cool. Alright, now we are in Elliot's kitchen. This, oh my gosh, I love this table setup. It looks like and that stained glass lamp above them just makes me think like they're in a Pizza Hut. They have those stained, you know, those red glasses that you go to a Pizza Hut and see. I swear, I swear, it's almost like a Pizza Hut closed down in the '80s, and they're like, "Hey, can I take that booth and table? Oh, and that that stained glass light above. Oh, that would look great in my kitchen." And of course, thanks to Stranger Things. Elliot's older brother, Steve, and his friends are playing the <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. And of course, Elliot's probably about, what, maybe nine, ten years old? <laughs> He's being the little brother, like, Steve, can I play? I'm ready to play now, guys. Can I play? And I get, what is the term that they use in Dungeons and Dragons? Like, they're working on a campaign that just takes so long to set up and Mike, Michael's like, you can't just join in the middle. We're like halfway through this. You gotta wait until we're done and then. So yeah, we see a shot of Coke. Is that new Coke? And Fresca. And it looks like <clears throat> a can of Raid is also on the table. So I don't know what that is for. Maybe they got a bug issue. So, of course, one of Michael's friends is on the phone ordering a pizza. Uh, C. Thomas Howell is... 
There's also, you know, like I said, he's one of Mike's friends. Like, hey, how about putting a spell over the pizza man? Where's our pizza man? And it's funny because the guy who, friend who's ordering the pizza, it's like, no, it's not for us. It's for his mother because I guess it's the 80s. With it being the 80s, I guess, <laughs> probably pizza delivery people just assume, like, oh, kids calling in, probably pranking, calling, like, I want a hundred pizzas delivered to this address. So they're probably aware of kids calling and ordering pizza. Like, no, I need to speak to an adult. Have you guys ever been the little, the kid's sister or the little brother who wants to get in on the older siblings? Like, video game playing or board game play or just you're like I want to do what the big kids are doing he's just Elliot is just a typical little brother like I'm ready to play now guys oh <laughs> uh, the guy who's on the phone Casey Markle who played Eddie on Growing Pains he's the one who's on the phone with the pizza guy it's like we're in the middle Elliot you can't join any universe just join any universe in the middle he doesn't even know what he's ordering yet like hey what okay I got him on the phone what am I asking for? yeah cause that guy's got stuff to do. He's not gonna wait while you think of what kind of, what you want on your pizza. Oh, yeah, because he says, I know, it's not for us, it's for his mother. Uh, okay, so clearly, guys, like, I'm not taking an order from a kid. Papa <laughs> Uma Mao? Is that a is that a pizza at this pizza place? <laughs> oh, they let Elliot play after he gets the pizza. Like, you gotta wait for the pizza guy, and then you can play. Oh, that does- okay, the, okay, it says Coke on one side, it says Coca-Cola Classic on the other, okay. As Elliot's leaving with his baseball and glove, because apparently he wants to, like, play catch while he waits for the pizza guy, the- Mike's friends are shouting, like, hey, plenty of pepperoni and sausage, oh, and, and everything but the little fishies. Guys, you placed your order! You can't just say, I want the- well, your pizza's already been made, so, yeah. Five. Oh, great. <laughs> so you got an arrow right in your chest, and you're out ten million. Oh, no. Don't worry about it, Mike. I got resurrection. I'll bring you back. I'm already one of the undead, Greg. I can still throw death spells, huh, Steve? I'm just trying to help yeah. you out, man. Don't be so cranky. How about throwing a spell over the pizza man? Where's that pizza man? Yeah, huh? Well, I'm ready like, to now you're a thief. play. Uh, I'm ready to play now, around. you guys. We're in the middle, Elliot. Can't you join any universe in the middle? I got him. I got him. Mm. Yeah, what am I talking about? Okay, Papa Papa Uma. Uma. Yeah. Mike? I know it's not for us, it's for his mother. Mike? Papa Uma. You have to ask Steve, he's game master, Papa he has Uma absolute Mau. power. Steve! Thanks Steve, a lot. can I All play right. now? Go away for the pizza first. Then I'm in. Yeah, you're in. Pick out your strategy because you're playing after Greg. Plenty of sausage and pepperonis. Everything but the little fishies. Well, that clearly didn't take long. The guy rolls up with the with the pizza. Alright, go. It looks like it's been raining, like the driveway is wet, and Elliot is like, cause their driveway's like on an incline. So he's walking up. It's like he's got that pizza. It's like, dude, you're gonna he's like, Whoa. <laughs> you can hear Papa Umamao playing from the kitchen. As Elliot is walking towards the garage, he hears the garbage can kind of rattle. Like, and I didn't notice till later. It's like because he's walking up to the house, and I noticed the back of the house there's a little cornfield. <laughs> oh, so Elliot, of course, thinks it's Harvey the dog just making noise. 
Because he's like, hey, Harvey, is that you, boy? So he decides, like, oh, I'm going to go and see what's out there. Now we go back inside the house. We got Dee Wallace, of course, as Mary, the kids' mother. And she's kind of getting in, you know, to the uh, the Papa Umama. And she's, <laughs> I love how she's, like, kind of... The kid's like, okay, like, how is this 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 game that you're playing? Like, what is this about? Oh, wait, that hasn't happened. Okay, she hasn't asked them about the game yet. Because we... What a, I don't know which friend of this, of Mike's, this is. But he, like, licks his finger because Mike's mom is, like, bent down, like, getting stuff out of the dishwasher. And Mike's friend, like, licks his finger and goes to reach out to touch... D. Wallace's butt and Mike like catching like, hey, stop it, don't do that. Like, yeah. Now we're gonna jump back outside. Oh, they have a ping pong. Is that, that's a ping pong table? Cause I see the paddle and the ball there. I mean, it's their patio is kind of dark, but I mean, I could still make out the the um ping pong table and the paddle and the ball. They have a pretty large patio. There's even like patio furniture set up with like a table and chairs and everything. So they have a little shed. Elliot is still, he's got the baseball and glove. He's got the pizza and he's like, he still thinks it's his dog Harvey like making noise or just like banging around out in the shed or whatever. It's like, hey, is that you, boy? So Elliot takes a ball and just underhand throws it through the doorway of the shed and like half a second later, the it's a it's a big it's a softball it just comes rolling out of the shed towards him and he freaks out like no his dog wouldn't be rolling this ball like that elliot runs towards the house and of course he drops the pizza well he ends up he turns to run after he drops the pizza, he ends up falling onto the ground. Like, uh, well, I think it must have rained or something. Maybe that's like dew, on, wet dew on the ground or something. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna play this clip here as she's asking how the kids win this game, this Dungeons and Dragons. Like, is it your typical board game? Cause then they bring up the game of life. Like, it's like life. You can't, oh, you can't win at life or something. I don't know. While she's talking to them, Elliot runs in. He's like, there's something out there in the shed. It threw the ball at me. Nobody go out there. And the boys all look at each other and they start laughing. It's like, they go right away to the steak knives. And like, don't worry, mom, I'll check it out. <laughs> and she's like, put those knives back. Oh, All you can get is those 40 year olds. So how do you win this game anyway? Year, huh? There's no winning. It's like life. You don't win at life. Money helps. Mom. Yeah, but. Mom. All right. Where's the pizza? Mom, Mom there's some out there. It's in the pool shower. It's throwing a ball at me. Who cool. 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 Nobody go out there. Scary. 
There's nothing in here. The gate's open. Look at these. Coyotes come back again, Ma. Those aren't okay, coyote traps. Everybody back inside. Yeah. Hurry up. <coughs> Quick, hurry up. Tyler, give me that knife. Oh, great. Nice one, Elliot. It was an accident. A pizza. Yeah. Accident. Who said you guys could order a pizza, huh? Uh, him. I, I, but, huh? In the house. You geek, man. Mama, it was really nice for her. Don't douchebag talk in my house. So yeah, the <laughs> teenage boys with kitchen knives is not a good idea. They go out there with a flashlight because it's dark, and the kids are like, do 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 do. It's like the they're like the Twilight Zone theme, and the kids, of course, they're not taking it seriously. And El, um, Mary, the boys' mom, is like, "What did you see, Elliot?" <laughs> and it's just like, ugh. And Michael looks down and he notices this print on the on the ground, and he, he um, automatically assumes it's a coyote. Like, oh, the coyotes have come back again, Mom. See the gates open. That's not no. A coyote would have the paw print of a dog. That's not a paw print of a dog. That looks like a hand like splayed on the ground missing a few digits that that's not a coyote but then again if they've had issues with coyotes that's probably what the first thing that's gonna jump to his mind so they don't see anything mary says all right everyone back in the house back in the house of course they found the pizza box on the ground like oh nice one elliot and mary's like who said you boys could order pizza? And I love how Elliot right away gives away. It's like, oh, he did. Uh, what? Like, okay, back. And she actually shames one of the boys for like, oh, you douchebag. It's like, no douchebag talk in my house. So as everyone goes back into the house, we go back to the shed. We see a hand kind of creep around the side of the doorway of the shed. And we hear the, the heavy breathing of E.T. Who has yet to be named E.T.? Oh, they got a framed photo of Harvey. Apparently Harvey gets his own bunk. He's on the bottom bunk and Elliot's on the top. So not only is Harvey worried about that he's hearing the noise, like there's something out there. Elliot's on the top bunk, still dressed in the clothes that he wore earlier that night. He's like, I'm gonna go check this out. Because he's not convinced it was a coyote. Like, something threw the ball at him. A coyote is not going to do that. A dog is not going to throw the ball at you. Definitely not where it's being rolled underhand. And dogs might be skilled, but I don't think they're that skilled. So Elliot goes out there in his thermal jammies and his puffy vest. Just like Marty, Marty McFly puffy vest. Their, their house is backed up to a cornfield. I don't know. Because when you see it during the daytime, it's like suburbia. Like houses like all around. So I don't know. So Elliot's coming out of the little corn area and he's kind of pointing his flashlight up to where the retaining wall is and there's this little bush and he turns this <laughs> sound. It's not, it's not a dog. 
It just sounds like some grumbling. And I like how as he's going through the cornfield, he's just kind of like, oh, you're crazy. Even he doesn't, he's not believing himself. Like, you're crazy, Elliot. This, whatever you saw wasn't there. But sure enough, he shines a flashlight on the ground, on the dirt, and you're seeing those three splayed foot digits on the ground. That is no coyote, I swear, I swear, it's not. And as Elliot is parting the cornstalks with his flashlight beam, we do hear E.T. breathing. Of course, Elliot found E.T.'s hiding spot, and they both, they do it better than me, um, but the reaction of Elliot from, like, you see him screaming, it's like the same shot from different angles, and I'm just wondering, the connection that we see between Elliot and E.T., is that when it formed, when they first saw each other? I'm just kind of wondering. I always kind of wonder, like, is that when it happened or did it come later on? Like, that connection between the two of them. So, E.T. freaks. He, he's gone. He's a boop out that gate. He is out of there. And he tipped over some trash cans. So, Elliot, no, I mean, he's got proof. I mean, he saw E.T., e. so. But then again, no one else saw him, so. I love this look of amazement that Elliot has on his face. This almost like a look of wonder and astonishment that like, you know, he was right. He did. He, there was something in that shed. I guess there's like some cement stairs that go up to the gate out of their backyard that had the trash there. Because... E.T. like zips up those steps and just knocks that trash. I'm like, oh, that trash spills out all over those steps. I would not want to be cleaning that up. But I like this shot here. Elliot is kind of hanging on to the bar of his swing set. It's like, I don't even, on a swing set, you know that like bar thing that comes down that you can like do like like flips on I, I'm not even sure what it's called but I, I swear when I was really little I had a, a swing set that had one of those bars and I think I I could do those little um, flips on them I like this aerial shot here that we get of Elliot riding his bike He'll, a space that he later tells refers to to my guess he calls it the bald spot in the woods and he starts dropping this... Did he start dropping the Reese's Pieces? Uh, you also get another shot as Elliot's on his bike kind of curving around this dirt road. You get a a shot of down below of all these houses. Okay, yes, here's where he's got the one pound bag of Reese's Pieces. And I kind of like that if you think about it, this movie kind of really made Reese's Pieces. I guess 
M&M's originally were going to be, but I guess M&M said they didn't want to, but it's like, well, then you lucked out. M&M's does not need any help. But Reese's Pieces, I feel this movie put Reese's Pieces on the map. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. I love the Reese's Pieces, though. They're just, they're so good. But then I also like Milk Duds as well. And Hot Tamales. Usually it's kind of like my concoction of, like, I'll put in, like, a little container of hot tamales, Reese's Pieces, and Milk Duds, and Gummy Bears. I'm sure it sounds disgusting to all of you out there, but I like it. And my preference of Gummy Bear is definitely the Haribo Gummy Bears. And also the Sour, Meyer Sour Gummy Bears, which I can't get because I don't live in Michigan anymore. So yeah, he's just, you know, putting a little amount of Reese's Pieces and he's just kind of like popping them on the ground as he's walking his bike along just saying, hello, hello, thinking that the alien E.T. is going to just pop out and be like, hi, how you doing? It's, it's daytime. He's most likely going to want to stay out of the clear open areas. I love how he's, like, tossing some on the gun. He's also, like, putting some in his mouth. Like, one for him, one for me. A couple for him, oh, some for me. I mean, a one-pound bag, I mean, that's pretty good. Granted, the bag wasn't exactly full when he... It, it looks like it was, like, half full. He needed that stamina to get around that hill that he was on his bike, so. <laughs> of course, looks like Elliot is not the only one that's kind of looking around. Because I think this is where we see Peter Coyote kind of snooping around the wooded area, too. This is the guy that, of course, Peter Coyote's referred to as keys. Because whenever you see this guy in a scene, you always hear those jangling keys. Now I'm kind of thinking back to when I probably would have first watched this. Maybe I was eight, nine years old. I bet anything, because I probably didn't know that that guy was a guy from the beginning of the movie. I probably bet anything. I thought that was probably Elliot's father. And Elliot's like, oh no, I don't want dad to catch me. But it's like, no, that's not his father. We learned that the kids' father is a real piece of shit. He is a real, real piece of shit. So Ellie decides to get on his bike and just go. Like, I'm not finding anything. Of course, when we see Elliot pass through on his bike, we do see, like, by these mossy down trees, E.T.'s long finger. So E.T., of course, I mean, he knows how to blend into his surroundings. Whenever, the, wherever planets they go and visit, they probably know if danger's around. If you can't get back to your ship, you need to camouflage yourself. You need to stay hidden in open areas. And that is probably, that wooded area is probably about as open as you can get. Especially in that bald spot area. Alright, so the scene here, it's that evening at dinner. They're sitting at... Like I said, that Pizza Hut looking booth with the, it, the, the table looks kind of like, kind of triangular-ish in a way. I just, and I love that, like I said, I love that stained glass light that's sitting. It just, it makes me think they're sitting at a booth in Pizza Hut. Elliot, again, is trying to tell the family about what he thinks he saw. 
And of course his mother's like, honey, it's not what we don't believe you. And and Michael, of course, isn't really helping where he's like, oh, well, maybe you saw, like, an alligator or something. You know, we, you hear about alligators in the sewers. And here's where, we haven't met her yet, but now we're finally meeting Elliot's young sister, Gertie, who's played by young Drew Barrymore. And she is just so adorable. I love how she's, like, repeating what Michael's saying. And, of course, the dinner topic, aside from Elliot trying to get his family to believe him in seeing something that... Because, yeah, well, actually, no, now that I think about it, remember when he was in the cornfield right outside the house, he saw E.T. So now he has proof, like, there is something in that shed. But, of course, aside from that topic... His mother is also saying, well, what are you going to go... Trying to change the subject to something a little, like, it's October. What are you going as Halloween, for Halloween? And Elliot is just like, I'm not going to stupid Halloween. So his mother's like, Gert, what are you going to go as? And she's like, I'm going to go as a cowgirl. And she's like, got this... I don't know whether it's, like, roast beef, but she's got, like, an end piece that she's, like, gnawing on on the end of a fork, and Elliot's like, yeah, uh-huh. No surprise there. Maybe she's been talking about it for, like, the last six months. I'm gonna go as a cowgirl for Halloween! And it's, like, February. Or maybe she went as a cowgirl the previous year. It's like, eh, repeat costume. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's not Mary who asks. It's Gertie who asks. Elliot... And Elliot is just, like, slumped over in his booth seat there. And he is just, oh, uh, he's just so angry and irritated that his family's not believing him. And Michael's like, oh, why don't you go as a goblin? And Elliot is just, like, glaring at Michael across the table. And just, shut up. And this is where um, his mother's like, honey, it's not that we don't believe you. And he, and Ellie kind of starts him with, you know, I couldn't have imagined it. He's like, it was real, I swear. It's like, he came face to face with, with E.T. You can't just say it's like, it was dark, it was nighttime, I was in a, the cornfield behind the house and just saw something that had eyeballs and it was staring at me. You, you don't make that stuff up. Oh. Rather than question Elliot further, his mother turns to Gertie and asks what she's going as for Halloween. And I love Drew Barrymore here. She's got, remember the the yarn ribbons in the hair back in the 80s? I remember those. I didn't wear them. I don't think, there are no pictures of me wearing yarn bows, but... Gosh, it's like, cut that, cut that, what, it's roast beef, right? Or is it a hamburger? I can't tell. But it's like, cut that into smaller chunks for her. She's like, what, five, four, maybe? And she's just gnawing on the end of it. Well, yeah, it's a cow. Michael, <laughs> the more you guess at it, the more ridiculous you said. He's like, Maybe it was an iguana. And Elliot just looks at him like, it was no iguana. 
And yeah, he's bringing up, you know how they say there's like alligators in the sewers? It's like, the heck? This is where Gertie's like, alligators in the sewers. Okay, that is a hamburger that she's holding up by a fork because I see the grill, griddle marks on the end of it. This is where he says, I couldn't have imagined it. She's like, all we're saying is maybe you imagined it. Okay, Michael, shut your mouth. That is so rude. He's like, hey, maybe it was a pervert or a deformed kid. Excuse me? A deformed kid. How dare you? A pervert? I doubt it. Was he wearing a trench coat? Then it's not a pervert. And Gertie's like, a deformed kid. Like, ay, ay, ay. So, oh, Michael, he just, he loves heckling his brothers. Like, maybe an elf or a leprechaun. And Elliot finally stands up. He's like, it wasn't like that penis breath. And he just, we cut to Mary, his mother, and she even is, is laughing for a second. She's like, Elliot, sit down. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, my kids, they come up with the craziest stuff. So, their father is not in the picture. Clearly, he's not at the dinner table, so we're just to assume that he's just not there. Because Elliot kind of uses his dad, his parents' separation as ammunition. And his mom's like, Dad would believe me. And she's like, well, next time your father calls you, you can tell him about it. And this, this is a low blow. As Elliot says, I can't. He's in Mexico with Sally. Sally, probably the lady that Elliot's, you know, their father left their mother for. Mary gets up from the table and walks over to the kitchen, clearly upset. It's like, oh, and Michael defending his mom is like, what the hell is wrong with you, Elliot? Damn it, why don't you think about other people for a change? So Mary from the kitchen sink is just saying, if you see it again, don't touch it. Just tell me and I will call someone and have them take it away. And Elliot's like, yeah, but they'll do like lobotomies on it and stuff. They'll give it a lobotomy. And Michael, of course, when their mom goes over to the kitchen sink, she's clearly visibly upset. She doesn't want the kids to see her crying. Michael turns, he looks at Ellie. He's like, I'm going to kill you. Clearly, he's like, doesn't like the idea of his mom being upset. Knows that that was a low blow for Elliot to say that about. Like, oh, I can't call dad because he's in Mexico with Sally. You know the lady he left you for? Like, Elliot, come on. I know you're angry, but you didn't have to say that. He's just where, you know, they'll give it a lobotomy or do experiments on it or something. Like, eh, well. He's not wrong. I mean, I'm sure they would do that with any extraterrestrial life forms that, you know, because they want to study it. And we can only study it if we take it apart. So, of course, the kids get into an argument about whose turn it is to clear the table, do the dishes. Like, I sat and cleared. No, I sat and cleared. I did breakfast. And it's just like, I don't care. Somebody just do it. Turns out Elliot's got to be the one to clear the table and do the dishes. And I like the shot because he's uh, he's standing at the the sink and you're seeing this kind of lit from that outside window and just seeing all this steam just rise up. 
in front of his face as he's kind of looking through the blinds of the kitchen window outward. Of course, before we move on from that scene, Mary comes back to the table. You see she's visibly upset. She's been crying. And Michael's like, Mom, are you okay? And she's like, he hates Mexico. And that's where Michael lays into Elliot. Like, damn it, Elliot, what is wrong with you? Why don't you think of someone else for a change? And how other people feel. What are you going as for Halloween? I'm not going to stupid Halloween. Why don't you go as a goblin? Shut up. It's not that we don't believe you, honey. Well, it was real, I swear! What are you going as, Gert? I'm going as a cowgirl. So, what else is here? Maybe it was an iguana. It was no iguana. Maybe a... a you know how they say there are uh, alligators in the sewers? Alligators in the sewers. <laughs> All we're trying to say is maybe you just probably imagined it. I couldn't have imagined it. Maybe it was a pervert or deformed kid or something. A deformed kid. <laughs> Come on, Michael. Maybe uh, an elf or a leprechaun. It was nothing like that, penis breath. Elliot! <laughs> Sit down. <clears throat> Dad would believe me. Maybe you ought to call your father and tell him about it. I can't. He's in Mexico with Sally. Jeez, Elliot. That was a low blow. <clears throat> Where's Mexico? If you ever see it again, whatever it is, don't touch it. Just call me and we'll have somebody come and take it away. Like the dog catcher? But they'll give it a lobotomy or do experiments on it or something. It's your turn to do the dishes, fellas. I set and cleared. I set and cleared. I did breakfast. I did breakfast. What's the matter, Mom? Mexico. Damn it, why don't you grow up? Think how other people feel for a change. So Elliot pretty much decides, you know, everyone's gone to bed. I'm gonna throw on my thermal jammies, my sleeveless vest, uh, puffy vest, and zip out Hang out in front of the shed where I first had the encounter. I think he's got that flashlight kind of tilted towards that cornfield next, right next to their house. So he's thinking, like, clearly this thing could come back. And I'm going to sit here and try to stay awake until he does. That light that's on in the shed, is that a light that just comes on automatically once it gets dark, like it's a motion type thing? Or did he turn it on? I don't know. But it looks like he's laying in a lawn chair and he's... <laughs> looks like he's about ready to fall asleep, if he hasn't already. Of course, 
he hears like some rustling. It almost kind of sounds like squishy footsteps. And he doesn't look at first. And then he sits up. And there's E.T. backlit by the light of the shed just in the doorway. And E.T. is making his little grumbling noises as he shuffles forward. And Elliot is just like, Mom, Michael. Mom. It's like, just his voice is barely above a whisper. And E.T. drops those Reese's pieces onto Elliot's sleeping bag. Has E.T. been holding on to those the entire day? Oh my goodness. Because it seemed like when Elliot headed out, it was like right around like 7 a.m. when he was kind of going to the woods area, that bald spot area or whatever, to look for E.T. So it's like E.T. was hanging on to at least 10 Reese's pieces that whole day until he just now puts them in Elliot's sleeping bag. Wow. And they're still intact. They don't look melted at all. So, But then again, it is dark. We can't tell if he's got like a Reese's piece of smudge on his palm. I love E.T.'s grumblings. It almost sounds like a cross between a grumble and like a, ca- a cat purr. It's really adorable. So Elliot takes that same little handful of Reese's pieces and we see him getting E.T. up the stair, up to the second level of the house, probably to Elliot's bedroom. Oh, no, he's got that bag. He's got that bag of Reese's pieces. You know, the half-filled one. Oh, he actually is eating them because Elliot's, like, right in his doorway and we cut to the top of the stairs there and we see E.T.'s hand reach out, grab some Reese's pieces. He's actually, you can hear him, like, you're munching on him. Like, oh, he does like them. Okay. And I'm 100% wrong, that is not a sleeveless puffy vest like Marty McFly. It is just a full puffy jacket that Elliot is wearing. So Elliot keeps, you know, setting down some Reese's Pieces, like a trail of them, to get E.T. into his room. So E.T. is now, and it's it, it's like Elliot has this long wooden, like, desk that's got a fishbowl, it's got... Like a bunch of little... It looks like Elliot is really into... Because there's paint. There's paint brushes. It looks like he is into um, crafts of sorts or maybe drawing or something. Because there's also like little cans of paint or, or something. But Elliot... Of, or Elliot. Um, E.T. of course is kind of moving along. You know, failing with his... His hands, his fingers along the... Because he's he's short, you know? And he's just kind of feeling with his hands. And as he's doing that along the desk, he's pulling things down with him. Like, oh, what's this? It's like a Hillsborough's coffee can with, like, um, paintbrushes in it. And he pulls that down. It's just like, okay, you're starting to make a lot of racket. So we gotta, like, stop. Because you're gonna wake up my mom, my brother, my sister... Because I'm guessing, like, that closet that Elliot has, I thought, if that's right, there's another set of pull-away pull doors that leads into Gertie's room. I remember because when their mom is reading Gertie the Peter Pan story, he's, like, right 
in the closet Elliot is. And E.T. is. So yeah, Elliot goes to shut the door and then he gets a blanket and puts it over E.T. He probably thinks like, you know, E.T. might be cold. He's been outside. I mean, it's not like E.T. has fur. I'm guessing the connection Elliot has with E.T. happened when they were in their first interaction in the cornfield because we got those multi- same shots of Elliot screaming just from different, you know, like the side of his, you know, in front of his face, the side of his face, the other side and stuff. And I'm kind of wondering if that was also E.T.'s reaction, so, through Elliot. Because now, Elliot, you know, he's getting tired. He's, I don't know what time of night this is. And he's like kind of rubbing his his nose and his face. And E.T., we see E.T. doing the exact same movement. As Elliot is. And Elliot is amazed because then he like puts his hand out but then he takes his two uh, fingers and like puts them near his mouth and sees E.T. do it and he's like, wow. So he does a couple, you know, he puts his, his hand out and, and everything and E.T. does the same thing. It's like, oh wow, this is interesting. He's mimicking me. But it's more than just mimicking. There's a connection between the two of them. That is a I love E.T.'s purring. It's so... You can fall asleep to that. Elliot is literally falling asleep on his feet. He's like, what do you need to go over to your bed and fall asleep? Because we look at E.T. and E.T.'s eyes are getting kind of heavy like he's like drifting off to sleep. So Elliot decides to just like fall asleep in his chair there and I'm like, you got a bed, bud. Go to your bed. No one wants to sleep in a chair. Sometimes you're just so exhausted that it doesn't matter. As long as whatever you're lying in is holding you up. Good enough. So of course we go back to the side story which is the key gu- the keys guy and all those other people that are combing the woods looking for evidence of E.T. And the keys guy... I'm just calling him Keys because that's who Peter Coyote is referred to in the credits on IMDb. (sighs) Finds some Reese's Pieces that Elliot left behind. And we actually hear him, see him pick one up and put it in his mouth. I'm like, ew, that was on the ground. What? So it's the next morning. Elliot is in bed. Where this thermal jammies? He's got a thermometer in his mouth. Clearly, his mom realizes that he was out waiting for that thing to come back. He also feels like his forehead, the side of his face, as she pulls out the thermometer. Like, all right, you're hot. So, basically, he's going to stay there while she goes to work. Like, are you going to be okay if I go to work? This is 1982. You could leave your nine-year-old home by themselves and not think the worst is going to happen. And you wouldn't have CPS called on you. Um, I love Elliot's blinds for years. I've been trying to find blinds that are like Elliot's. The multicolored rainbow blinds. Is anyone else... Tried to find those blinds, or maybe you had them, you were so lucky, and you had them as a kid. Those vertical blinds, they're, oh, I love them so much. Especially with the sunlight streaming through them. And it kind of creates, like, a rainbow 
effect on the wall. Yeah. I gotta ask, what is with Michael, and even Gertie does this, calling her Mary? For years, I never understood it, and I just assumed, like, is she a stepmom, or is she... Because Michael's... And I'm just thinking, I swear in the 80s, I never did this, of course, because by 1989, I was seven. I, and even in the 90s, I never called my parents by their first name. Never. Is that Was that a thing? Was that a fad in the 80s to call your parents by the first name? Because Michael is got to be, what, 14, 15? He asks, hey, Mary, can I back the car out of the driveway, she's like, yeah, you can, but not a foot past the driveway. While she's gone, Elliot, (laughs) he's got a heating pad, which he puts on his face, and he also takes a thermometer and puts it up to a light. How many TV shows with kids have pulled the same effect to fool their parents into thinking they're sick so they can stay home. Because Elliot's got one of those, like, swing lights that can swing over his... Because he's in a bunk bed. He's in the top bunk. And he's sticking the thermometer right up against the light bulb. And I'm thinking... And then he shoves it back in his mouth. How is his mouth? And I'm like... But he also had that little thermal heating pad on his face, too. Uh Uh-huh. He goes into his closet, clearly looking for blankets or something. And I'm guessing that must be where E.T. is. Because this is a really, this is an awesome walk-in closet. It is a very, it's even got um, a little window in it, too. Like, around, like, circular port window. Michael is backing the car out, and remember how I said they they almost are on kind of a bit of a hill? That driveway. Oh. But there's a retaining wall separating their house from the ne- one next door, and when Michael's backing out, and I'm seeing that retaining wall, I'm like, he's gonna hit that retaining wall. And he, you hear it, like, <laughs> scrape. And it's like, oh my gosh. But then again, I'm the one who... Um, backed, um, my dad's car, both his cars, two different garages, of course, when I was backing out, it would always be kind of like, as I'm backing the car out, it would always be kind of, it ended up scraping along the side, because there wasn't, I wasn't making sure there's enough space, not just on my left, but on my right as well, and of course, when my dad built another garage, I did the same thing with the other car. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Was he pissed. So, no. Mary actually comes out with his blue sleeping bag. And for a second, Elliot is like, because ah, ah, that's probably where E.T. is. Did he wrap him in, in the blanket or in, in the sleeping bag? Because she unravels the sleeping bag and he, like, lets out this breath he'd been holding, probably thinking, like, oh, no, she's gonna discover E.T. And it's like, no, it's fine, there's nothing in the blanket. My God, Michael! He's just... Because now it's like he's backing up from the garage, but now he's hitting... He's going out into the grass from the driveway. There's so much... There's so much room in that driveway, and that car is not huge. 
I love how Elliot, he doesn't even notice Elliot when he takes out that thermometer because he realizes he has it in backwards. Because she's too busy unraveling that sleeping bag. That house is gorgeous. I'm telling you, it's gorgeous. Double, tall, double doors. Double front doors. Beautiful. Beautiful. I don't like the the roof, what the roof is made out of. I'm not sure what the material is, but it's almost like, um, not clay. I don't know. I know there's a term for it, but I can't think of it. Of course, she'd said not a foot past the driveway, and he is more than a foot, because he, like, stops the car and he looks out. Oh, the car's an Audi. But he looks like, uh, nah, she ain't gonna notice. Uh-huh. Is he trying to gauge exactly a foot past the driveway? Because <laughs> the entirety of that car is in the road now, on their street. It's no longer in the driveway. The bumper is the only thing that's in the driveway. The front bumper. So this is where she is saying to Elliot, you were out last night waiting for that thing to come back, weren't you? And he's like, mm, yeah. So she's like, are you going to live if I go to work? And he nods, like, no, I'll be fine. 80s colors, guys. Brown, yellow, orange. 80s colors. Whenever I see that, I can't remember what the heck the, um... There is like a service station, like a gas station or something that had those... Whenever I'd see those colors, I'm like, 80s colors. Brown, yellow, orange. 100%. Yeah, even if she kisses him goodbye, she says, no TV. How are you going to know? As soon as she's out of the room, he darkens the room by closing the blinds. Oh, that's right. Michael waits for the bus. Okay. Because Gertie is like, Mommy, look what Michael did. Because you can see where the tire... Clearly, he hit some uh, dirt off the side of the driveway there. Oh, she is such a tattletale, that Gert. <laughs> she says, look what Michael did, this and that. And, and it's like, Mary's like, I'm going to go to work, kid. Like, get in the car. Like, I see it, Gert. When I catch him, I'll catch him, okay? Get in the car. Wouldn't that be crazy if Gertie and Carol Ann went, they were in the same class? <laughs> that would be crazy. Small world. Oh my gosh. What if they lived in the same housing development area as, um, I, I forgot what their names are. Friedman? From the pol- the Poltergeist movie. What they're, Friedman, I, I think. I think, I thought it was like the same area that they filmed in and everything for Poltergeist and E.T. because they came out the same year, same looking area, same type of houses. I just think it would be funny if this all happened in the same universe. Like not only Poltergeist, but an alien. So now that everyone's off, you know, to school or work, Elliot is leading E.T. out of the closet. Like, come on, it's okay, come on. I'm noticing E.T., he's still got that blanket on that Elliot gave him the night before. So I really enjoy this interaction between Elliot and E.T., where he's like, do you talk? You know, talk? He's like, me, boy, Elliot, Elliot. 
Elliot's just like, Elliot! And E.T. turns around like he is not interested. Like, oh, what's on this table that I haven't knocked over already? Ooh. Yeah, this is just so fun. Like, all the stuff that's on this table, Elliot is showing E.T. As in, you know, this is a Coke. Like, it's a Coke can that's got, like, um... It, that was fake spilled pop. It, it almost looks like rubber vomit. And he's like, this is a drink. We drink it. But I just love how he's showing him the toys. Like, this is Greedo and this is Hammerhead. And E.T. looks like he is, like, he could care less, honestly. Great, yeah. Like, is this going to take long? Because I can fake it for, like, a minute. Somebody like, hey, let me pull out my phone and show you all my, my five cats. Or, oh, let, let me show you my kid's Halloween costume from two years ago. It's like, oh, great, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Walrus Man and Snaggletooth. I don't know who they are. And I, I was born in 80. I was born two months after this movie came out, guys. Okay, so, I'll, oh, what he's talking about. Okay, I looked it up because I was like, who the heck is Snaggletooth, right? And I came upon this box that says, Star Wars Cantina Adventure Set. Here we go. We got Greedo, Hammerhead, Snaggletooth, and Walrus Man. Those are all the ones that Elliot is listing. Interesting. Action figures have special weapons. Play for intergalactic adventures. Play area for intergalactic adventures. Partial assembly required because they got like a little backdrop going on there. Okay, so now I know. I'm like, who is... Because I tried to look up Snaggletooth and it took me to Snagglepuss. I'm like, no, I didn't say Snagglepuss. I said Snaggletooth. Now I know. My husband's a Star Wars fanatic, not me. I mean, the movies, uh, they're alright, but... Yeah. I know all you Star Wars fans are going to be beaten down the door. Oh my gosh, how dare you say that Star Wars is not the best thing ever. Lando Calrissian. Yes, I know him from the Star Wars. Well, not personally, but I've heard the name. That name I'm familiar with. Boba Fett. Uh-huh. Yeah. AT's <laughs> expression does not change. He's like, I don't really care. Yes, they can even have wars. Elliot is just having a fun time here. Fisher dad. That teeny tiny little bowl. There's like a couple fish in there. Okay, isn't that round bowl? That's supposed to be something temporary, right? Until you get like, oh, I don't know, an aquarium? Because it's just... I had a little bowl like that and the fish, like I had a fish that lasts like a couple days it died. And then I had another fish that lasted probably a couple weeks after the other one. And I'm just like... That's supposed to be temporary housing until you get an aquarium. But then, again, I think of Abraham the fish from Different Strokes. And he lasted a... Well, he died in, I think, season two. And then they got Abraham two. And then he lasted for, like, a very long time. Like, eight seasons. Well, six seasons, but still. Alright, anyway, let's move on from... Because he, like, takes this little... This little shark face head thing that's on a stick and he's freaking the fish out by putting it in the bowl. Like the shark eats the fish. We don't eat the shark. Oh no he says the fish eat the fish food and the shark eats the fish. See the shark here on this the stick? Yeah. It's so dark in that room. I get it that he doesn't want people looking in. Who's going to be peering into that room unless they have a ladder? 
or they're like eight or nine feet tall. There's like five fish in that bowl. There are five. One, two, three, four. There's five fish. They can't all share that small space. They're going to be dead soon. Okay, holy. There is more than five fish in there. I'm seeing there's at least like eight. Eight fish in there. That's insane. Elliot, get get an aquarium. If you got two or more fish, get an aquarium. They need to be able to move around. Not to mention it's pretty crowded with that little castle that's on the bottom too. Oh, Pez, the candy. Yeah. So yeah, he's showing E.T. Pez. He's showing him this giant ceramic peanut. Like, this is a peanut. You eat it, but we can't eat this one because this one's a bank. You put money in it. You know money? You don't? Okay. And he has a little toy car, which he explains how, see, this is a car. This is what we get around in. And he's like, see? Car. And E.T. actually takes it and starts, like, chewing on it. It's like, no, no, you can't eat it. So clearly he's like, wow, are you hungry? I'm hungry. It's like, yeah, you haven't even had breakfast yet. Talk? You know, talk? Me, human. Boy. Elliot. 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 eat that toy car and Elliot's like no you don't eat it are you hungry I'm hungry he's like alright you stay here okay I'll be right here I'll be right here and of course as he goes to the door who's on the other side it's Harvey the dog who immediately starts barking at E.T. and freaks him out luckily Elliot pushes him out the door he's like alright and he, he runs to the fridge probably thinking okay what can I get him that he's gonna want that E.T. well he hasn't called him E.T. yet. 
But he's probably like, what would this guy like to eat? Well, judging by the fact that he was chomping on that toy car, I wouldn't say he's too picky. But yeah, let's take a look at this fridge here. Clearly, Mary is big on her yogurt because there is a container of Yoplait yogurt in there and there's even a smaller one. Did he grab a drink? Like, a can of something? And it looked like he grabbed some small brown baked potatoes on a plate. Like, oh, he'll like this. And so while Elliot's downstairs raiding the fridge, E.T.'s upstairs in his bedroom kind of just looking at stuff. Let's see. Oh, we got cans of Coca-Cola. We got Yoplait yogurt. We got Skippy peanut butter in the fridge. Okay, I gotta ask. Does anyone put peanut butter in the fridge? Now, I've never heard of that. I would think that peanut butter would get hard being in the fridge. It would be a pain in the ass to try to get on, you know, spread on bread. There's also a carton of milk for three kids, one of which is a teenager and an, and an adult. Maybe there, it's also vitamin D, homogenized milk. Elliot, oh, okay, wow, there, Yoplait is just filling this fridge, like, so much Yoplait, and that's not bad, because I like Yoplait, Chibani. There's also a butter can, uh, container, like, you know how you have the stick of butter on, like, a little butter tray, and then you have the cover on it? Elliot also grabs a block of cheese, or a bar of cheese, and I'm guessing those are raspberries or strawberries? Oh, wait, no, those look like little baby tomatoes. So, again, this scene here furthers that, yes, there is a connection between Elliot and E.T. As Elliot grabs for the umbrella, opens it, which everyone knows you don't open an umbrella inside the house. E.T. didn't know. It's fine. But just a sudden, like, as the umbrella just take shape and it's just like ah, that was too much excitement for E.T. And of course his reaction turns into Elliot's reaction as he's like ah, downstairs and of course he drops like the milk and stuff that he's holding. You know when I now that I'm looking at what Elliot's grabbing I swear he's grabbing like each ingredient from the four basic food groups. You know your dairy, your fruits, your whatever. So yeah it looks like that umbrella freaked him out, and he 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 ran. He took cover in the in the closet, in the giant closet filled with toys, and stuffed animals. Oh, Elliot! That milk is all over the floor. How are you gonna explain that to your mom? There's also a shit ton of V8 juice. You know the kind in the cans. See, Elliot kind of like put his hand to his chest, like. <laughs> Oh, that's kind of cool. He's got two plates filled with something that I guess he and oh, and two cans of Coke under his arm. So it's like, yeah, me and ET, we're you gonna, we're gonna, me and the alien, we're gonna hang out. We're gonna, we're gonna have lunch together, or well, probably in his case, breakfast, because he's probably been in bed all morning. Oh, I just noticed, like he's got a little space shuttle hanging from. 
his ceiling. Oh, that's cool. So Elliot, of course, he comes in with the two paper plates, irregular plates filled with food. It's like, are you okay? And you just see these stuffed animals that have all been stacked up just fall to the closet floor. And I mean, you hear E.T. is just like, <laughs> he, he, he's scared. That scared him. Elliot's like, oh, too much excitement, huh? And you just see E.T. is just shaking like a leaf, this poor guy. It's like, and I love Elliot's line. He's like, hey, want a Coke? <laughs> oh, there's that stained glass window inside the the closet. I, oh, that is so beautiful. And I love how the sun comes in kind of through that. And it just kind of makes everything kind of like a hazy reddish orange. It's really cool. What do you think, Quinny? You don't care, do you? Okay. So, yeah, those definitely on his, the plates, because Elliot's holding one in each hand. It looks like potato chips. Maybe he made a sandwich, because he was opening the peanut butter, so maybe he made him a couple PB, PB sandwiches, some potato chips, and a drink. Now, that's what I have for my lunch today. I had a Diet Coke, of course. Alright, looks like it's after school and Michael is heading up the driveway. He must play football after school. I have no idea what song that Michael is singing. I've never heard of it in my life. Of course, after football practice, Michael's a starving Marvin. So, hey, let's pop open the fridge. Nothing but health shit in here. <laughs> As he's singing. <laughs> yeah, it's true. A lot of you'll play. A lot of you'll play. A lot of V8 juice. Maybe Mary kind of subscribe to that whole health kick in the 80s of you know getting healthy eating right maybe she could be like maybe she feels inferior since her husband left her for enough maybe a younger lady and it's like i gotta slim down i gotta drink my v8 i gotta eat my yo play kind of mentality which is sad See, growing up, we didn't have cans of pop growing up when I was a kid. I don't even think we really even had two liters of pop until I was a teenager. I remember being in my first apartment and being so happy when I got that 12-pack of Coke. Because at that time, I was drinking Coca-Cola. I didn't start drinking Diet Coke until um, I met Jeremy. I started dating Jeremy, and he and his mom, that's all they drank was Diet. Because they're both... Uh, type 1 diabetic so and then since then I mean all since 2003 all I've been drinking is uh Diet Coke I mean I drink juice and water too and milk a lot of milk he just grabs a coke so at, we're in Elliot's room he hears Michael singing clearly he's gonna go check on him and Michael right away is like how you feeling faker <laughs> and Ellie's like, D -d -d I'm fine. Look, just come in here, and and I have to show you something. But it's like, you gotta swear your most excellent promise. And it's just like, Elliot, Elliot, it's like you gotta swear as my only brother on our lives. And <laughs> Michael, he's like, geez, Elliot, don't get so heavy, okay? What's that a turn like in in '82 and stuff? I remember in Back to the Future, um, Michael J. Fox as Marty McFly is like, wow, this is heavy, Doc. This is really heavy. And it's like, 
and talks in 1955. It's like, what is that? There's that word again, heavy. What does that mean? Is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. So one of Mike's friends, Tyler, got 69000 on that game Asteroids. But apparently he said he pulled the plug, so did Tyler. So, or maybe it's one of those things. Remember in the Seinfeld episode where George is so proud of, like, that Frogger machine that he got all his high scores? No one ever beat him. And the pizzeria was closing down. He's like, well, I really want this Frogger machine, but if you unplug it, it's going to take all my high scores away. So basically what he wants to do is take it, like, have it on a generator or something, have it still plugged in so he doesn't lose those scores. Granted, uh, trying to cross a New York City street with a Frogger game, or (laughs) it was destroyed. Jeremy was Jeremy's the big gamer. I mean, he says that he would like hang out when he was in college. He'd go to whatever hangout that had like the arcade games and stuff, and he'd play for hours. Remember the bowling alley I went to as a kid during like seventh and eighth grade during PE. We'd go uh, every once in a while. We'd go bowling, which I hated. Because I ended up having to be put on somebody's team. I didn't have a friend in, in phys ed, but uh, I just remember the games there and stuff. So, so Elliot kind of cuts in with, like, remember the goblin? And Michael just looks at Elliot and is like, you're so lame, Elliot. It's like, come on, Michael, he came back. And then, of course, Michael's, like, right behind the door. He's like, oh, you came back. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, Michael, you are too much, I swear. So Ellie's trying to get Michael to swear that Ellie has absolute power. <laughs> Some Yoda thing. And um, I know all you Star Wars people are there like, I just... Yeah. My husband included. He's a big Star Wars nut. I love Michael. He's like, what do you got? Is it the coyote? <laughs> yeah, he's got a coyote in his room. I don't think so. So yeah, Elliot's like, swear the most excellent promise you can make. Swear as my only brother on our lives. It's like, don't get so heavy, Elliot. I swear. Oh, and Elliot says, take off your your shoulder pads because you might scare him. It's like, and Michael's like, Elliot, this is too much. Like, come on, you're really pushing it. And Elliot's like, look, you might scare him, okay? Like, of course he's going to scare him. He's a lot taller than... I mean, Elliot's taller than E.T., but think about it. Michael is, like, two and a half sizes taller than what E.T. is. Of course, he'd be, like, a giant to E.T. Oh, and lastly, Elliot's like, oh, and close your eyes. Like, it's a surprise. Whenever, (laughs) for Jeremy's birthday or anniversary, whenever I get him a gift, I'd always say, okay, close your eyes. And I'd give him the bag and he'd like, like, I'm like, okay, stick your hand in the bag and like start pulling stuff out. (laughs) I don't know why. I just like, I I like telling someone to like close your eyes when I'm giving them a surprise. It's almost like anticipation or something. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, Michael's wearing a Space Invaders shirt. This scene cracks me up every time as Michael's like, okay, they're closed. <laughs> and he's like, Mom is gonna kill you. And it's like he's pretending to like rip his face off with his fingers, like, like oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and Ellie's like bringing out E.T. It's like, okay, now remember, 
swear you most excellent promise say I have absolute power. And of course, in Michael's best Yoda voice, he's like, your absolute power? See, I can't do it. <laughs> of course, <laughs> Michael turns around and he's he's been laughing the whole time. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> and of course, as soon as he sees E.T., who comes screaming down the hallway, Elliot, look what I made for you! And it's like, no, no shit! No, we didn't prepare for this! Oh, God, this is too much! <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Mike, Mike, come here. How you feeling, faker? I'm feeling fine. Look, I've got something really you know, important to tell you. You got 69000 on asteroids yesterday, but he pulled the plug. Look. Remember the goblin? You're so lame, Elliot. Oh, Michael, he came back. He came back? He came back? Oh, my God! Insane! I have absolute power. Say it. Say it! What have you got? Is it the coyote? No. Look. Okay. Now, swear it. The most excellent promise you can make. Swear as my only brother on our lives. Don't get so heavy, I swear. Okay, um, stand over there, and, um, you better take off your shoulder. What? You might scare him. And, um, close your eyes. Don't push it, Elliot. I'm not coming out there until your eyes are closed. Okay, they're closed. I'm just gonna kill you. Okay, um... Swear it one more time. I have absolute, you have absolute power. Yes. I was, um, reorganizing. I can see that. Put those shelves back on the wall, my dear. Let's get the toys off the floor. Make your bed since you are not using it. Well, you're feeling better, I see. You guys, keep an eye on Gertie for me while I take a shower. Absolutely. Even mom. 
why not? Because um, grown-ups can't see them. Only little kids can see them. Give me a break. Well, do you know what's going to happen if you do this? Do it, Mike. We have to. Yes. You promise? I'm not looking behind Michael. Elliot has these long shelves on his wall and it's kind of funny because my sister I swear had the same exact setup in her room but of course this meeting doesn't really go off as well as it should because Elliot's going to introduce E.T. at this moment does not have the name to Michael Mike as soon as Michael turns around because he'd been laughing it's like he does not know what to make of what is standing beside Elliot. But before he can even react, here comes Gertie running down the hall screaming, Elliot, look what I made for you! And it's like, Shit, we didn't... And her first reaction is just like, Aah! And you just see <laughs> E.T. like, Aah! And, it's, and Elliot, or Elliot is just like, stop! Stop waving at least! Stop! Stop! Shut up! Shut up! And you hear Mary saying, hey kids, I'm home! And it's like, shoot! So, it's like, okay. Michael grabs Gertie, who's still screaming, puts a hand over her mouth, and yanks her back into the closet. And E.T., of course, is like, you know, waving his hands are And... Elliot shuts the closet door as Mary comes in, and she's like, what are you doing? And what happened to this room? Or, <laughs> okay, hold on, let me kind of go back and, okay. I love Elliot's face, because Michael is just, I mean, the look of his face, he is horrified. But Elliot's face, he is just beaming and just so proud and, like, like, look what I got. Look what I found. <laughs> and Gertie comes in screaming, of course, and Michael is so freaked out that he backs up against the sh shelf display on the wall and, and so he barely even touches it and the thing just goes down and it's like, clearly on the set that thing was just rigged to just split right down the middle. I was like, oh, shoot. Michael closes the door. It's like, get in the closet, get in the closet. And of course, here we see Gertie screaming still and Michael putting his hand over her mouth. As um, And they're in the closet. Mary comes in and she's just like, looking at the room, it's just in total disarray. I mean, those sh that shelving unit fell off the wall, just stuff all over the place. And Mary comes in and she's like, what happened in here? And Elliot, I love how Elliot's got that little shark head on a stick. And he's like, oh, you mean my room. And Mary just steps into the room farther and says, 
this is no room. This is an accident. Like, she can't even believe it. Like, what in the world? But she didn't say, I thought you were sick. Why aren't you in bed or something like that? She completely disregards that. Well, she does say, oh, it seems like you're feeling better. So I gotta wonder what Mary is. I mean, she looks like she could very well even be a secretary herself. I don't know why, but part of me almost kind of seems like maybe she's a realtor. Because she's got that 80s white top, like, buttoned up all the way. And it's got, like, the the collar that's got, like, the frill on, on the top. Of it, and it's, like, the two top buttons are, it's, like, buttoned all the way up. I'm just, mm-hmm. And Elliot's like, oh, I was uh, reorganizing. And just you can hear kind of muffled voices from, because now we're inside the closet. And she's like, oh, put those shelves back up on the wall. I'm like, they're fucking broken. They're not, they're going to have to be just tossed out. And she's like, and also make your bed since you're not lying on it. Since you're not lying in it, you're not using it. So, and then she asks, because this is going to come back later, and I told Jeremy, I think I went and watched this last year or the year before, why is she so like, oh, can you boys keep an eye on Gertie while I take a shower? Yet later, when she has to go take care of Elliot, pick him up from school because he's apparently drunk, <laughs> and the whole thing with the frogs, which I'll get into, she says, Gertie, can you stay here while I go get your brother? She's like four or five years old. So you're fine with her staying home by herself for a few minutes. Maybe the school's like five minutes away. I don't know. But she has to be watched by her brothers while you take a shower? What? So Mary leaves. And I love how Elliot, as soon as his door is closed, he just puts his hands up and drops that shark head on a stick. Like, oh my god. Elliot opens the closet door and Michael and Gertie's face, who he's still got a hand over her, her mouth, is just like, they can't be- They don't even know what to do with it. Like, what? even is this? Who is this? You hear E.T. grumble like you know his little purr and Michael's like Elliot? Like dude you got some explaining to do. Elliot first thing out of his mouth is I'm keeping him. Like what? Since when is that your decision to make? Then again he's a nine year old kid. So Gertie's muffled voice from out from behind Michael's hand is like what is it? And Ellie's like, he won't hurt you, Gertie. He won't hurt you, Gertie. We're not any even AT's like, we're not gonna hurt you. So right away Gertie is firing off the questions like, is he a boy or a girl? And Elliot is just like, Well, he's a boy. Like, mm, we don't really know. <laughs> he may be asexual. And her next question is, What's he wearing? Any clothes? And it's like, uh no. And this is where Elliot is like, okay, you can't tell anybody about this, Gertie, okay? Not even mom. And Gertie is innocent as she is like, why not? It's like, so Elliot's like, well, the thing is, only grown-ups can't see him. Only little kids can see him. And the look on Gertie's face, as she, like, rolls her eyes, she's like, give me a break. Like, come on, I may be four and not know some things, but I ain't that dumb. Whenever I, I see Gertie in this outfit, I always think it's, like, a mechanic jumpsuit. Or maybe it's, like, one of those, like, Carhartt, like, 
adult like snowsuits only made for kids. I don't know. So Elliot, in his best Dracula voice, is like, "Well, do you know what we'll do if you do tell?" And he takes her doll, tosses it to Michael, like, "Come on, Mike, we got to do this." And Michael starts twisting the doll's arm, and Gertie's like, "No, no, 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 no!" And the look on E.T.'s face as he's watching all of this. It's like, he's definitely is confused. Like, what? Why are they mean? I don't get it. <laughs> but he just, he looked, he had a look of concern on his face. Elliot makes sure that both Gertie and Michael promise, like, don't say anything to mom. Don't say anything to your friends. Just don't say anything to anyone about this. I love how E.T.'s neck kind of extends upward. I think that's pretty cool. Of course, now we gotta get to these Frickin' I don't even know what you call them. Scientists? Trackers? I don't know. Well, one of them's got a camera that's got a hell of a long lens on it. They're taking pictures. Probably of footprints and other stuff. There's the keys guy. Some, a couple guys go past. They look like they got some special sonar equipment that they're using. Well, those things look like metal detectors. So now we're back inside the house. Mary's watering a plant. Harvey, of course, is not allowed into Elliot's bedroom because E.T. is in there. Gertie comes out of her room with a radio flyer wagon and she's got a bunch of different things in her wagon that she's taking to Elliot's room. Like, oh, where are you going? Gert, like, I'm going to Elliot's room. It's like, you're not letting them boss you around, are you? Like, no. I won't marry. (sighs) So clearly Gertie is picking up on Michael calling their mother by her first name, which I don't know. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to play in Elliot's room. And Mary's like, well, don't let them torture you. She's I won't, Mary. She's in the hallway and Gertie grabs this potted plant with yellow flowers. I don't know what kind they are, but that's going to be something that's going to come into play later on as the movie goes on. So Mary gets a phone call from Jerry. So is this someone from work? Is this her? Because she seemed like, Jerry! Like, uh, who is this Jerry? Is this? Because it doesn't sound like if this was her ex. This isn't. I don't think she'd be like, oh my gosh, my ex! Like, no. It's Maybe it's an admirer from work. I, I don't know. So Gertie goes into the room and my... Goes like, come on, get in here, get in here. And Gertie's like, don't be pushy, pushy. And it's just like, like she couldn't come up with any any type of real insult. And of course, since Gertie's coming in, I guess Harvey can come in too. Either that or Michael pushes him back out the door. Like, no, 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 not you, not you. They have a lot of food on that table. There's a watermelon, there's that bag of Reese's Pieces, maybe they got another bag. Just a bunch of different just a buffet of food. And they're trying to figure out what E.T. is. Michael thinks, like, oh, maybe it was an animal that wasn't supposed to live. And Michael's like, well, maybe it could be a monkey or an orangutan. And Elliot's like, a bald monkey? And I'm just thinking, the way that, I mean, back in the 80s, of course, they were most likely definitely wouldn't be surprised that they were doing experiments on animals. Testing them, 
you know, medications, perfumes, creams, just other, so many different things, but whether I, I would like to hope they don't do that anymore, but that would probably be naive, naive thinking to think that there still wasn't animal testing going on today of some kind, which is sad and horrible to think about. I love Gertie. She's like, is he a pig? He sure eats like one. Elliot's got a book, The United States, and he points out that we are here, and he's pointing to California. So Michael's like, here, try this globe, and Elliot's like, see, we are here. We're right here. Clearly, I don't know really how much of that E.T. is actually picking up. And Elliot's like, where are you from? And... E.T., you know, he points his long finger. He's pointing out the window, like, towards the sky. It's like, well, clearly, definitely, I mean, guys, you know that E.T. is not from Earth. He's not of this Earth. He is from out there. Or he, like, bends in and looks under the table at his feet. It's like, I don't like his feet. And Elliot's like, they're just feet, you little twerp. Come on now. But then again... In the trivia, she was saying that because all the wires, you know, behind the scenes, all the wires that were coming out of the bottom to kind of make E.T. move and everything. I mean, yeah, they probably did have the help with the boy that didn't have any legs, he had the hands. But that's when you're seeing him kind of shuffle along like that. So Elliot opens the book to the solar system. And, of course, E.T. is pointing with his finger. It doesn't look like he's really pointing to a planet. I mean, his finger is, like, at the bottom of the page, and Saturn's right above it. So, But I don't think he's pointing to Saturn. There's also Uranus. There's Mercury, Venus. Mercury's pretty close to the sun. Oh, there's the Earth! There's Earth right there. It is so small. Oh, wait, that's the sun. The sun... Is like bigger than the the oh the itty bitty planet is Mercury. Earth is bigger than Mercury. Oh, see, I'm learning so much, guys. I didn't know this. If we studied any type of space in school, like in elementary, middle, or high school, I've most likely forgotten it because it wasn't much. Elliot points to Earth on the page, and then he touches the globe and says, "Home, Earth, home." <laughs> the sounds that are coming out of E.T.'s mouth where it's like he's still munching on food but he's like still trying to like uh, you know point and like it almost makes me think of like you're asking someone like who's on break who they're trying to enjoy their lunch and they're eating and stuff while they're like trying to explain something to you it's like they're multitasking like they're it's <laughs> I don't know why I get such a kick out of it. It's <laughs> just you hear I'm kind of munching on food, like, mm, yeah, let me see that here. Um, yeah, yeah, I get that. <laughs> so E.T. puts, I don't know, what are these things? They look like little clay balls of, you know, the white and the green, and they're, I don't know what they are. Because we see a plate filled with vegetables and little baby tomatoes and stuff like that. And Elliot has like, got his hand to his chest like what's he doing? And Gertie's like, what's happening? And then all of a sudden it's like 
the table starts shaking as those red, white, and green, you know, circular orbs, balls, whatever you want to call them, start. So I'm guessing he's showing the kids where, what his, what Earth is to him, what his Earth, version of Earth is, or something of where his home is. And everything's like circling, like everything's up in the air in orbit and everything. And and Michael's like, Elliot is like, I don't know what is this. And Elliot's like, Oh no! It's like, did you? Not, did he not think? Like you know that ET clearly is not of this Earth. He's not from here. Even by looking at him, he just. Like, maybe, I think in a way, like, they're amazed, like, maybe they feel like, oh, we're getting in really deep, like, we're in over our heads here. Elliot goes over to his window, and Michael's like, Elliot, what is it? And Elliot says, I don't know, something scary. And that's where E.T. puts a hand on Elliot's shoulder. So I don't know whether it's to comfort him, or he's trying to make Elliot understand... I keep hearing all this beeping and stuff going up outside as Elliot like races outside. What is he looking for? So Elliot runs up those steps, you know, where the trash was, where that fence is, that door gate in the fence. And he's hearing people, we're hearing people like, got a pulse? And then someone's like, no boss. Whatever the get people, you, they're clear, like, you know they're looking for E.T. And they're like, oh, is it? We got something here. Is it him? Is it this house? So it's like clearly they've been tracking E.T. since the beginning. Like they know that one of the creatures was left behind. And they've kind of like they have all this sonar equipment that they're they've been using. And it's like they're pretty much because I think eventually it's like they're going to be in a van these guys are, and they're going to be going through the neighborhood, picking up on phone conversations, and this and that, and then they're going, yeah. Cause I remember, because that's when Elliot and Michael, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but that's when Elliot and Michael are talking about their dad. Like, they're getting stuff that E.T. needs. Clearly, he wants to send a message to his family. Like, hey, I'm here, you forgot me. Can you please, you know, like, come back? Like, I don't know how often they make a trek to, to Earth or how long it would take, but... This just kind of makes me think... I'm almost kind of wondering, because I remember... I, I've never seen the show Mork and Mindy. I've never seen it. I've heard of it. I know it's got Robin Williams in it. I know it's a spinoff of Happy Days in some to a degree... And I'm just thinking about that. That happened before E.T. Like, what other alien-like type? And I'm just thinking, after this, we would have gotten the show Elf that lasted for four seasons. And I remember the episode of Elf where he's waiting, you know, he's missing Melmac and everything. He's missing his friends and everything. And they, you know, he's able to make contact with his elves, able to make contact with his friends. And they're like, well, hey, we'll swing around on this day. At this time, we'll pick you up. So, yeah. But my point with 
what this is, is, is just wondering is Elf was this kind of birth from the fascination of E.T. Or the idea of an extraterrestrial being living on Earth learning the ways of of humans and stuff like that is like I'm just kind of wondering is was Elf born through E.T. Like we had to have E.T. in order to get Elf or something. I don't know. In Elliot's room. Oh, it's in. I think he's still in the closet, isn't he? Because there's all the stuff. To, oh, yeah. And there's that plant that's dying. That yellow flowered plant that's dying. And <laughs> E.T. is flipping through that ABC coloring book that Gertie had given him. It's almost like he's you know, like trying to to study like and and learn about these these human beings and stuff like that. Maybe if I read this coloring book, it will provide insight. So E.T. doesn't even have to touch this plant. Okay, it's two yellow flowers and kind of a lilac color flower. He doesn't even have to touch this plant. And already the plant is like full bloom. It's not sick anymore. But they use this as a reference later on in the film. I I read that E.T. is like plant-like. He's not... An animal. He's not a boy nor a girl. I love how it comes back to the flower, like comes back to life, and everything is very colorful and vibrant. And E.T.'s like, okay, now that it's done, let me get back to my ABC coloring book. Hmm. All right. So the next day, looks like Elliot cannot fake sick again. He's got to go to school. And Michael, who's walking with Elliot, who's taking his bike, it's like. Hey, did you explain school to him? And Elliot says to Michael, How do you explain school to higher intelligence? He, he wouldn't get it. And Michael right away is kind of doubting E.T. Like, what if he's not that smart? I mean, what if he's like a worker bee that only knows how to push buttons? And Elliot's like, no, he's smart. Michael, of course, is like, well, gee, I hope we don't wake up on Mars surrounded by millions of these squashy guys. It looks like a lot of these kids from this neighborhood, this cul-de-sac area, all meet up at the bus stop. Why is Elliot just hanging out? He's got his bike. Like, dude, go to school. Oh, of course, this is the first scene we see of the blonde-haired girl who he's going to kiss later. Who's like, oh, hi, Elliot. Elliot doesn't even play, pay attention. Of course, see Thomas Howell... Well, I think that's Tyler. It's like, hey, Elliot, where's your goblin? And Michael's like, shut up. And then, of course, Steve's like, did he come back? Of course, Eddie from Growing Pains is like, well, did he? Because he's shouting because he's got those big damn headphones with a big old, I mean, and of course, Elliot's like, yeah, he came back, but he's not a goblin. He's a spaceman. Like, okay. So Tyler's like, where's he from? Your anus. Get it? Your anus. Who? <laughs> People have been telling this damn joke for 35, 40 years. Seriously? We get it. Your anus. Your anus. You can't not make a joke when you say the word Uranus. Like, it's in the... Who thought up that name? <laughs> who Seriously, I want to know. Where did you come up? Who came up with the planet names? Who came up with Uranus? Or, better yet, who came up with the word anus? 
I don't know. I just, this joke is literally as old as time is long. I mean, seriously. And Tyler's like, oh, get it, Uranus? And of course, whatever the, Greg, Greg, I guess his name is? It's like, he doesn't get it, Tyler. He doesn't get it. Like, he's nine. He gets it. We all get it. Uranus, Uranus. Yep. <laughs> the school bus comes up and he's like honking his horn. It's like, you two, out of the damn street or run your asses over. Oh, God. You're so immature. And Tyler's like, and you're a Zenith Supremus. I don't know what. Th- oh, and Ellie's like, zero charisma, Zenith Supremus. It's like, shut up, shut up. And. <laughs> You just see how miserable Michael looks when he's sitting in that seat and kids are already throwing spit wads and balled up pieces of paper at each other. Granted, this would have been on school buses. This is 1982. They would not have had the... When I was in junior high, 1994, is when the first time I saw one of those cameras at the front of the bus that said, we're watching you, or behave because you're on camera or something to that effect. Oh, the girl! The blonde-haired girl is like, hi, Elliot. He's not even paying attention to this girl, but apparently she's, like, really into Elliot. She's, like, called his name. Said, hi, Elliot! Hi, Elliot! He has not paid attention to her. Isn't that right, Quinny? Yep. My podcasting cat is asleep. They're literally ripping pages from their notebooks and just throwing someone's got a paper airplane it's like kids sit the fuck down i would i would not want to be a school bus driver back then or now for that matter like that's be i mean you're supposed you're driving a bus you're trying to get to a destination you got a billion damn kids on the bus they're all crazy they're all out of control and it's just like ugh how many dang times on the on my bus route when I was like in junior high were or even high school kids were literally getting into fights. There was this one where I was in high school. We did, and our it was a sub bus driver. And I felt bad for the guy because this one kid and this other kid got into a fight. Like literally, like in the aisle, like pummeling each other and it's like it was at the one guy stop and it's like you need to get off get off the bus now and the guy's like talking about like white power and shit like that and I'm like the fuck look see I, I was I was the good one I was the one that sat behind the bus driver listened to my music and I didn't make a peep that was me that see that's how I get remembered as the, the good one on the bus so, Gertie hasn't opened her mouth, spilled the beans yet about E.T., but she's hanging, because Mary's ready to go. She's got to drop Gertie off, get to work. And Gertie's, like, hanging on to the bottom of the stairs, staring upward, and she's like, like, let's go. Come on, get in the car. Of course, we hear a little bit of snuffling, shuffling going on upstairs, and... Even Mary's kind of like, what is that noise up there? I mean, I know they got a dog in the house, but I don't think... I mean, does she leave the dog free reign in the house? Well, she's... I'm sure she does. I mean, she's not going to just leave it in the backyard. 
apparently she needs to go and investigate because she actually goes upstairs into Elliot's room. Like, I know I heard a noise in here. Good thing E.T. knows about camouflage because you see his face clear as day, but he's among the stuffed animals, so she doesn't really think anything of it. Like, oh, it's just another stuffed animal. I don't remember getting Elliot this for Christmas. I think that Gertie and and Elliot both share that closet. I think those stuffed animals, because there's dolls, there's a stuffed owl, a big giant stuffed lion, a big dog. And I, I honestly think that those are her toys, because Elliot's not, he ain't playing with stuffed animals. So she doesn't really see anything amiss, like whatever, I just, I don't know what I was hearing. So now we're going to go to Elliot's classroom where... They're nine years old and they're doing frog dissection in fourth grade. Are you serious? Isn't that a bit young? Elliot, of course, is doodling. He's drawn a picture of E.T., which... Way to be conspicuous, Elliot. Way to be, uh... But then again, I mean, his teacher's like, oh, that's a cute drawing. It's like, he probably thinks it's like, like, oh, it's a great kids like to draw and shit like that. Because... The teacher's going down the rows of the of desks as he's talking about we've been preparing for dissection and everything like that and explaining like oh the things you'll find and many similarities between us and frogs and he actually before he steps to go to the desk in front of Elliot he actually stops talking for a split second looks at Elliot's drawing like oh that's not a bad drawing and then he just walks on Elliot has already clearly dubbed him E.T. because he puts E and T on either side of this drawing. Oh, this is a good drawing. But then there's also a smaller drawing of him. It's like, Elliot, I thought you wanted to keep this on the DL. The teacher actually takes the drawing and picks it up, looks at it, and then hands it back to him. And Elliot's got this look like, oh crap, <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble. Now, this blonde-haired girl, she definitely is not keeping her attraction or infatuation with Elliot on the DL. She is looking at him. He'll look over at her. She'll, of course, pretend that she's looking. We all did that as, you know, when we had a crush on someone, right? We'd always, like, be glancing over at them when they're, like, looking in the different... But as soon as they look over in your direction, like, oh, no, not done looking at you. No, I'm talking, listening to the teacher. Alright, now we're back at home. E.T. has clearly had enough of the closet. He's like, well, I'm going to go and explore. So far, the only part of the house I know is this closet in Elliot's room. So, And luckily, he and Harvey, they're they're like this. I'm crossing my fingers. They're, they're good. They're solid. He's not going to, you know, Harvey's not going to bite him or bark at him or anything. They're, they're good. They're buds. Wait, okay, at first, Harvey sees that E.T., what is Harvey supposed to be like, his, uh, his jailer, his bodyguard, I don't know. But he growls, goes up to E.T., whines, and then it's like, okay, now we're buds now? Alright, sweet. I can, I can deal with that. Like, I'll be your babysitter. The dog's like, I'll be your babysitter. A lot of this we see a lot of cutting back between the classroom and now E.T.'s in the kitchen. We hear the science teacher drone on about how these very sharp scalpels you'll be using, be careful, there will be very little blood, you'll get some bodily fluids. 
would not be giving scalpels to nine-year-olds. You don't know. Someone's going to be like, I'm going to, let's play swords. And someone's going to get caught. Someone's going to be, no, no, I don't care. It's 1982. I'm not giving no nine-year-old a scalpel. It's just, that is a problem waiting to just come to fruition. I love his E.T. is like walking, you know, shuffling into the kitchen. I love how Harvey is like in front of him and he's kind of like backing up as E.T. is like shuffling forward like, no, no, I don't think we should go here. I don't think we should be in this room. No, no, don't head towards the fridge. <laughs> oh, oh, the fridge is up. Well, I can't do anything. I'm sorry. I love how E.T.'s got, I think, probably one of Elliot's flannel button-up shirts. A lot of V8. A lot of baby tomatoes. I love how Harvey just like licks his lips and like sits down like, ooh, maybe I'll get something out of this. He picks out the potato salad, takes the top off, gives it a sniff, licks it, and it's like, oh, gross. No. <laughs> right, goes right on the floor. He actually is like, Bleh. okay. Oh, who's drinking the Coors Light? Is Ma- Mary? Are you drinking the Coors? But then again, I'm wondering, like, her and her husband are separated and stuff. So maybe it was left over from when he was there. He was drinking it. Maybe she's keeping it stashed there for whoever this Jerry guy is. Maybe if he comes over, hangs out. Or maybe she bought it because he's been buying it for years for her husband. And she's like, oh yeah, I forgot he doesn't live here anymore. Kind of thing. Like, you're you're absent, you're you're buying it because you've bought it for years out of habit. And you're like, oh yeah, I forgot he doesn't. Yeah. So, apparently E.T.'s found his beverage of choice, the Coors beer. Because he just doesn't have one. He has like all of the beers. Like, all six cans. Now, these cans, these are not your typical 12-ounce can. These look like 16-ounce cans. Like, that is a lot of beer. And and think about it. E.T.'s small. He's, like, he's lightweight. So, I can bet after a few of those, he's going to be feeling pretty damn tipsy. But remember, he and Elliot are connected So, what E.T. feels, Elliot's going to be feeling. So, while he is downing this, he's basically getting his nine-year-old counterpart drunk while he's in class. E.T. pops the top off the cores and immediately just starts downing it. And even Harvey's like, well, wait a minute, that stuff's not for you. You must know what beer smells like. Like, Because he starts barking at him, like, what are you doing? No! I'm supposed to be watching you. We cut to the classroom and Elliot is just sitting there like, was this big loud belch. It's like, what in the Everyone's <laughs> like, what? And the girls turn around, they're like, ew. That's the case, then his breath has gotta, I mean, if there's that kind of a connection, wouldn't his, belt, his breath also kind of smell like beer? I don't know. I love how the teacher's just droning on about this whole dissection and writing shit down and blah, 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 blah. The the blonde-haired girl, she is not subtle with her infatuation. She is like, because she's right across, she's in the next row, right next to him. It's like, girl, you like Elliot, that's great, but 
you kind of want to downplay it just a little bit. You don't want to be so obvious. Okay, how many beers has he had at this point? E.T. is stumbling around, shuffling, bumping into shit. Like, I told you he's a lightweight. You shouldn't be drinking six, 16 ounce beers. I am honestly so happy that it's like God gave me the gift of hating alcohol because I think it tastes like piss. Not that I've tasted piss, but it's like basically like wheat flavored piss. It's just, it's, I, I never acquired it, a, a taste for it. And I mean, I might have had a wine cooler or two back when I was like 21, but it's just, I never... I never like the aftertaste of it, like, blah, it makes your mouth feel, blah. I just, I don't, I don't like it. So I'm happy that i just never been blessed with having an alcohol mouth. Walks right into the cupboard. <laughs> and you just see Elliot's reaction as he puts his hand to his forehead, like, ow. You can definitely tell Elliot's face. He is just kind of confused and just kind of a little disoriented, kind of shaking his head, like, I don't know what's going on. I really don't. Harvey is going to town on that potato. Okay, there's one beer can there. Are you telling me he, that he got drunk on just one beer? Really? I mean, I'm, I mean, I bet anything, honestly, E.T.'s got to weigh less than what Elliot does. What do you think? Do you think that he weighs less than what Elliot does? I don't know. He's walking into cupboards in the kitchen. Like, he can't even walk a straight line. <laughs> Elliot's, like, sliding down in his seat, like... <laughs> it's like he's made... It's like he's a string of spaghetti or something, and it's just like... Elliot, <laughs> he's just face plants on the floor. Gaboosh! <laughs> hey, yeah, we see Elliot just slides right out of his chair like he's got no bones in his body. We see... E.T. back at home real quick. Pop the top off another Coors. And Elliot's trying to get himself back in his chair. He's got his hands on his desk. Ugh, ugh. And it's just like he, he, he is drunk. He is just like... <laughs> yeah, we keep these quick cuts between E.T. and Elliot. And Elliot's got this goofy look on his face. Because like, hey, he turns to the blonde-haired girl and he's like... Uh, he, he doesn't say it, but he's like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> he's just got this damn shit-eating grin on his face, like, yeah. As he looks over at her with this grin on his face, like, Ehh. and she just is like, oh, oh, you're disgusting. He, like, rolls her eyes and, like, Folds her arms in front of herself on her desk like, oh, I can't believe Because look at this damn look on his face. He's like, oh, Ellie, you're the boy I thought you were. You're a goofball. Here, I thought you were the deep and serious type. It's like, he's nine, sweetie. You're both nine. We haven't gotten there yet in life. Give it like six years. Well, better yet, give it eight years. Oh, the speaking spell. I never had one, but whenever I watch this, Jeremy always points this out about how he had a speaking spell. Because he was born in 75, so he was 7 in 1982. So he definitely remembers this stuff. 
of course, he's just typing letters, and the thing is like, that is incorrect. The correct spelling of nuisance is N-U-I, and then we cut back. Oh, no, he turns the TV on, and we get a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Okay, someone loves their candy, because there is a candy... A, a tall candy machine, you know, you, you know the little 10 cent ones, you stick the 10 cents and you get a gumball. Gumball machine! There's even one, I thought there was like one in Elliot's room, or I can't remember what that, it almost looked like a parking meter. When we get back up there and we see it again, I'll have to like look at it it's like, oh my gosh! It's a, my friend, when I was in like first grade or second grade, had a gumball machine in her room. It was the coolest thing! <laughs> it's just, uh, I think Jerry, like, let Tom, the cat's tail on fire, and Tom just realizes it, and he's like, Wah! and then you see E.T., and he throws a co- an empty corpse can at the television screen. <laughs> That's funny. So he's flipping the channel, and he sees... It's like an old black and white movie about a, a couple in a plane that are being pulled or maybe it's a car. I don't know. But no, it's a plane. They're being pulled up by this beam. And I think, like, E.T.'s, like, he, he senses some, like, because it has something to do with, like, you know, Martians or extraterrestrials or something. He's like, like, oh, I gotta keep it on this channel. Okay, now we're jumping back to science class. And we got the teacher passing out the cotton balls with the chloroform. And saying about your... your Frog is gonna go to sleep. He's not gonna feel anything when you start cutting into him. And I'm just like, nine years old. That is too. It's too young. It's too young to be dissecting frogs at nine. I wouldn't even let nine year olds hold scalpels in, in today's world. And as soon as I get them all in, put the lid on right away. Like <laughs> he's, he's putting the. The cotton ball's in, and telling the kids, as soon as they put the cotton ball in the jar with the frog, put the lid on. And the kids immediately go, oh my gosh, it's gonna escape! Get that lid on! Like, okay, calm down. I don't think it's going to escape. Bullshit! He's saying they won't feel anything, they won't be hurt. Well, they probably will be out, so they're not gonna feel you. Don't lie and tell me they're not gonna be hurt. These... Frogs are not coming back from this. You cut into them, they're dead. That's it. You can't reuse them. Like, oh, well, well, here, here's a needle and thread. Start sewing up the areas that you cut with the scalpel. No. Once you cut into that frog, it's dead. It's dead. It's, it's just dead. And he tells them it'll take a little while if you don't want to watch them. You don't have to. And I'm thinking, did he give kids the option... Because when I was in high school, high school guys, when I did this, well, I didn't do it. I had the option, thank you, to opt out of it and just go to the library and, like, study or whatever. Which, I like the fact that they, did he give those kids an option, say, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to, you can do extra credit, you can do an alternate assignment. Because what if the kid has an ethical, like, I don't want to do this. This is completely... Just unethical. It just—I like Elliot's reaction here with the frog, or interaction with the frog here, as he puts the 
metal top on the mason jar with the frog inside with a cotton ball. And he's like, he's tapping on the glass like, hi, can you say hi? Can you talk? And I'm sure the poor frog is like, yeah, I want to get the hell out of here. Can you help me out? (laughs) We cut back to home where E.T. is gripping onto the counter for balance. And he grabs the newspaper, which has the black and white comics. And he's looking at, I think that one's Buck Rogers. And it has to do with a spaceship and something that says, help, help. He crashed, like a spaceship or a ship crashed on this planet. And then (laughs) you see this little uh, alien going, help, help. Now, I don't remember this commercial for, you know, those long-distance commercials where it's like, Oh my gosh, it's Uncle Ralph, long-distance from California! And it's like, talk fast, this call must be expensive! Oh, he says, no, if I call any time on Saturday, it's five minutes, without an operator, it's five minutes for 85 cents plus tax. So you better get all you want to say said in those five minutes. Gosh, I mean, I've said this before on other podcast episodes. Just trying to fathom, even just calling someone who lives like 30 minutes away in another town. It was expensive as hell. It really was. Because I had a friend that moved away after 6th grade. And she lived like maybe a half hour away in another town. And it was still very expensive. So I would get like yelling like, Don't make talk too long on that phone! Don't make calling that other town! What the fuck ever, I don't know. I mean, this person's clearly calling out of state. But they're using a special service. Jeremy was mentioning how... I guess there were two separate, like, one was for long distance, and then the other one was for something, like, regular local calls. It's like, and the guy in the commercial is like, if I talk less, I pay less. So if you talk less than five minutes, you better have that timer right next to you going on. Like, okay, I got, like, a minute left. Hurry up. That would be cheaper just to frickin' write a, a letter and send it in the mail. By the time you get it, the news, the letter is, like, a week old. So Uncle Ralph's like, hey, let me talk to that little fella. And the mother's like, here you go. It's Uncle Ralph. And he's like, hi, Uncle Ralph. Hangs up the phone. I'm like, wow, that was fast. Oh, okay. E.T. is looking at this commercial and he's seeing the phone and he's putting two and two together. Like, oh, long distance. Like my, my family out there. Maybe I can somehow talk to them. I don't know. But that's what I'm kind of getting from the look on his face. Like he's connecting the two. Like, there's got to be a way to communicate. Then again, he's clearly nursing a hangover, so. (laughs) I don't know, would a hangover hit that hard? Because he's not drinking any more beers, but he drank, like, six 16-ounce Coors cans of beer. Well, I see it now, because we're getting a close-up shot of that comic. And the guy's saying, oh, oh, I see what that is. It's not a little alien. No, it's it's a contraption to communicate. Because the guy's on a ship that's crashing on a planet. He said it. He's raked up this. It looks like a spirit, like a, a circular like plate with an attachment kind of shooting outward. And 
the comic is saying, and, and the next picture is saying it works. And you're seeing this help, help, and you're just seeing, like, sound waves, like, radiating from this thing. So, that's why E.T.'s, like, clearly I gotta try to get in touch with my family. I had to communicate. I mean, clearly they must know, like, he he's there. He He's not accounted for. He's not on the ship. So, he's clearly, like, well, we gotta try to, so yeah, he's kind of... He's got to make contact. He's got to figure out how am I going to do that. See, I've watched this movie so many times and I never really caught on to what he was. I kind of just maybe glanced at this thing like, oh, he's looking at a comic. Because you guys even heard me say, I thought that thing was an alien. No, it's not. It's a communicator. Wow, I was so wrong. And I'm just, I'm learning so much when I look at these movies I've seen a hundred times. I'm looking at them more closely with a fine-tooth comb and realizing things that I probably never would have picked up on before in just a regular casual viewing. So now we're going back to the classroom as Elliot is hearing, like, from E.T., save him. And he's looking at the frog... Could this be, in a way, like this frog being captured, contained in this container? Could he be thinking, like, maybe that's how E.T. feels? Like, I'm keeping him in that closet and containing him and not letting him be free. Okay. That's what I'm gathering from this, anyway. Elliot unscrews the top off the mason jar. This frog is, like, literally ready to launch right out of... I mean, his legs are extended. He is ready. And Elliot's like, here you go. Elliot's like, run for your life! Back to the river! Go! Like, you do know these frogs. I mean, I know that they got long legs to, like, pounce and jump and everything, but they're on a table. That's a heck of a fall. Oh, the girl... That's crushing on Elliot was actually sitting right next to him at that, um, that long black science table. But Elliot's like, well, I can't just save one. It's like, I gotta save all of them. Like, come on, we gotta, let's get out of here. We gotta save them. And I love how the classmates are just, like, watching as Elliot's going from one mason jar to the other, like, uncapping the top and, like, emptying the frog out onto the table. Like, we gotta save him! Come on! This one kid is actually, like, wrestling the bottle with the frog inside with Elliot. It's like, it's like, he's like, no, no. It's like, no, I gotta save him! I gotta, I gotta let him go! <laughs> and the teacher, like, has Elliot by the arm and Elliot's, like, trying to, like, break loose and, like, we gotta save him! <laughs> so, back home, E.T., he's taking that speaking spell apart because he figures he kind of needs the front of it. He's going to use that to communicate with... I'm just going to say his family. He's trying to communicate with his family. So he takes apart the speaking spell. Like, I really only need this section to be, you know, the front of it, the face of it, to be able to communicate. I I love this scene. How E.T. is just, he's looking at the speaking spell, but then he's also got one eye on the television as well. So it's almost like... If you're sitting watching, like you're multitasking, you're doing your homework, you're whatever, and you got one eye on what you're doing, you got the other eye like on the TV, like, oh, something's happening. (laughs) So it's like what he's taking in from the scene ends up playing out through Elliot in the classroom. 
jump back to the classroom. We got this this girl that's got the the white blonde hair with the braids. She is like frozen in fear. She's the one with the red flannel kilt looking type skirt on. And she's just standing there in the classroom while these frogs are like hopping around her feet and these kids are all like trying to like scoop up these frogs and the teacher's like, let me handle this. <laughs> this the girl, she's got in each hand a frog in each hand and her eyes are literally like bugging out of her head. Like, oh, frogs, oh, God, they're touching me, oh. She's got a frog in each hand and these frogs are like, let me go. <laughs> Elliot is still stumbling, like he's, he's walking like he's like, like he's still drunk. And it looks like some of the kids are trying to, like, put, like, get some of the frogs onto the top of the enclosure that's on the floor. Like, let's put them in this tank. Like, let's, let's gather them and put them in there. I don't know. It's like, there's more frogs on the floor than there are students in that classroom. There's, like, a hundred damn frogs. There's not a hundred. There's not even fifty students in the classroom. What, were they all going to dissect five of them? What? I don't... Mm, I don't get it. There's the girl, blonde-haired girl crushing on Elliot, standing up on a chair as some kid comes over and takes and puts a frog on her shoes. And she, like, puts her hands to her face. Ah! <laughs> so this girl, she's getting her moment to shine. She's the I mean, she's the one, the girl. Has no name, I don't think. But it's the girl who... Elliot kisses. So we see on the screen, it's an old, it looks like an old black and white film. It's windy. This guy grabs this girl and like pulls her in and kisses her. And Elliot is kind of mimicking whatever E.T.'s seeing on the screen. He's grabbing, because the girl's like running out of the room, the blonde haired girl, and he grabs her her hand, pulls her in, and he's much shorter than this girl. He, and this kid is, like, crawling, this one kid's crawling on the floor, and he, like, Elliot, like, steps on the kid, almost like a steplet to, like, like, that way he can be right up at, at this girl's face to kiss her. <laughs> and, of course, the teacher yanks Elliot back by the his collar and drags him away as we see... The blonde-haired girl's eyes are still closed. Like, I'm sure she wanted this kiss. Luckily, it was just kissing and not anything else. And we just see kids grab, taking the frogs and just, like, tossing them out the window. Love the shot we have of the girl's feet, the blonde-haired girl's feet as frogs are, like, hopping for freedom outside that open door. Then we go back to the house... E.T.'s got an array of stuff. He's got a blender. He's got a pencil sharpener. Like, one of those mechanical, electrical pencil sharpeners. He's got the speak and spell that's already been separated. He's got Reynolds wrap. He's got whatever he probably could think of that he would need to make this communication device. He's dragging it on a blanket. Like, buddy, you're not getting that stuff upstairs, man. I don't know how you think you are, but you are not getting that stuff upstairs without someone else's help. There's also a popcorn maker and what looks like could be a, a little radio. 
Oh, and Reynolds rap. Mary comes home like, hey, Harvey, I'm here. How you doing? Harvey just takes a look at E.T. just taking this blanket filled with all this stuff. It's like, I don't know what this is about. Oh, yay, my owner's home. Great. E.T.'s still wandering around in the living room. You see at least four cans of cores empty on because he's stumbling about like knock, knocking into them. Like, oh, these dang beer cans at my feet. Get out of my way. Ugh, I got stuff to do. Mary comes in. She's got Gertie there. Probably picked her up from either daycare or preschool. And she's also been to the market and the dry cleaner. So she most likely, you know, did her errands and whatnot. So Gertie is having like E.T.'s down there like, here he is! And Mary is busy putting away stuff in the fridge. She's got that brown grocery bag and she's like, here's who? Like, Because she can't see E.T.'s like standing right there because she's got, it's the refrigerator that's got the double doors on it. The side by side. Gertie's like, the man from the moon, but I think you killed him. Because <laughs> she is opens that door and it hits E.T. right in the face. Isn't that right, Quinny? Yep. <laughs> Gertie's like, but I think you killed him already. <laughs> I love how Mary's so distracted. Like, okay, honey, just as soon as I unload this stuff. Or baby tomatoes. They must be eating a lot of salad because I noticed there's also sal- plenty of salad dressing in there. And then Mary, of course, as she's putting away groceries, complains about, ah, the price of everything's going up. Well, it is 1982. And Gertie's like, I want you to meet somebody. Like, honey, I'm busy in a minute. (laughs) Mary's not even paying attention. Gertie's like, I want you to meet somebody. And Mary's like, this stuff has gone up so much already. (laughs) Prices have gone up in the course of a week? Oh my god. I mean... Like I said, I wouldn't be boring for another two months after this movie came out in the theater, but is that what it was like in 1982? I mean, I wouldn't have been able to recall anything from that year, but my gosh. A lot of fruit, you know, making sure the kids are eating, you know, their apples, their oranges, their pears. And I see it's mainly just grocery, you know, stuff in the, you know, fridge that she's putting away, like... Because I don't even think we see what's in the freezer section of that fridge. I'm just thinking, does she have a pantry? Like, what about snack tato skins? I really wish that... The only thing closest to tato, tater skins, or tato skins, whatever you want to call them, is the TGI Friday's snack with the um, cheddar bacon, you know, potato skins. That's about as close to tater skins as you're going to get. Because I don't even think they make tater skins anymore. But I remember, I saw, the last time I had some, it was 2004. Or maybe it was 2005. But anyway, they still made them. The original were great. Cheddar bacon, good too, but definitely original. I just, I miss those. Does anyone else miss tater skins? I love how E.T. is just walking right behind Mary and she has no clue. Now, of course, uh, Mary has got the fridge open. She's looking at uh, her dry cleaning, talking about the stupid ragu. Like, oh, I know it wouldn't come out. Clearly spaghetti sauce. Like, ugh, that sucks. So Gertie's in the living room watching, I'm guessing, Sesame Street as it's showing, like, letters. And she's repeating what she's seen on the screen. Mary comes in to the back into the living 
kitchen and she ends up kicking one of the cores like what in the hell is this as the phone rings turns out it's ellie at school saying oh your son's intoxicated oh you're gonna owe us for all these frogs that he released just there's so many frogs like i said there's more frogs than there were students so were they telling gonna have kids dissect like two a piece i don't know Oh, because we kind of hear, as Gertie's kind of repeating what's on the screen, we hear Mary in the background saying, oh, like, he was kind of ill yesterday because, you know, Elliot had been home from school. So they're probably kind of wondering, well, your kid is intoxicated. What's up with that? She picks up the Coors can and she's, like, intoxicated. She sniffs it, this empty Coors can, and she's like, you're sure you have the right Elliot? <laughs> like, my kid wouldn't do that. <laughs> Now we're going into the living room where, like I said, Gertie is still like, be basket bandit ball. And then we hear L, uh, E.T. go, B And she just looks at him like, you can talk? It's like, you, you said B. And she's like, you said B. Good. And you hear him say, B Good. <laughs> Oh, she's like, all right, I'll be right down to go pick up Elliot. And then she goes in the living room, Gertie, I have to go pick up Elliot. And Gertie's like, Mama, he can talk! And she's like, yes, I know he can talk. <laughs> talking about Elliot. She thinks he's talk she's talking about Elliot. Uh-huh, whatever. So, this is what I was saying earlier when she's like, oh, can you boys watch your sister while I jump in the shower real quick? So, you need them to watch her while you take a five-minute shower, but you're totally cool with her, a four-year-old, probably four or five, I don't know, six, I have no, between four and six, stay home by herself without any supervision whatsoever. I cannot believe that. That, I just, I can't believe it. So, Mary's like, I'll be back in ten minutes just to hear be a good girl. And, of course, on the screen we get Big Bird! Big Bird's on the screen! Yay! So, Gertie sees E.T. looking at the phone, and she's like, Phone! Phone! And E.T.'s like, Bone! So you see E.T. like pressing the buttons, because it's, you know, a rotary. It's a push-button phone. It's not like the old, you know, circle, put your finger in the hole. I used one of those when I was a little kid. It was a pain in the ass. And Gertie kind of ran, like, you want to call somebody? It's like, clearly, yes. So, now we get back to <laughs> Elliot coming up the stairs as we hear Mary in the background downstairs saying, I am not paying for frogs! Well, Elliot hears this, be good, be good, stay, stay here, don't tell anybody. He hears Gertie clearly probably playing with E.T. So she goes into the room or he, Elliot goes into her room, which, again, the closet is connected to the closet, the same closet that Elliot shares, hence all the stuffed animals. And we see Gertie there, and Elliot just pushes her out of the way. And we see E.T. dressed in this long, fake blonde wig with this... Like, fake, like, stole, mink stole around his neck and pearls and just was like, oh my god! And Ellie's like, oh, at least give him his dignity! Oh, Gertie is dressed like a cowgirl. She's got the cowgirl hat on and everything. 
She's got E.T. in a dress with some fake pearls and, like, this mink stole thing and this blonde hair and this weird, like, little black bowler type hat. And it's just really, he looks ridiculous. <laughs> oh, and, like, on his fingers, he's got, like, these fake rings and bracelets on. It's like, uh. And E.T.'s like, Elliot? And Elliot's like, what? And you just hear E.T. go, Elliot? Elliot, it's like, oh my gosh, you can talk. Well, Gertie, of course, wants to take credit. Like, I taught him how to talk now. He can talk now. And Gertie's like, look what he brought up here all by himself. Like, all the, you know, the speaking spell's been taken apart, and this coffee can, batteries, all this stuff. And she's like, what does he need this stuff for? Well, clearly, Elliot already came up with E.T.'s name in school, because you saw the picture that he drew of E.T. and said E.T. on either side. It's like, E.T., can you say E.T.? It's E.T. E.T. And Elliot is just, he is so amazed. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and they end up going through the closet into Elliot's room as <laughs> E.T.'s waddling away like, E.T. 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 Be good. And Gertie's like, I taught him how to say that. <laughs> and this is where Elliot's like, you should give him his dignity. Like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. So E.T. hands Elliot the comment uh, newspaper and he points to the Buck Rogers where he's pointing at the picture of the communication device. And Ellie's like, phone? He said phone? He said phone? And Gertie's like, can't you understand English? He said phone. And E.T. waddles over to the closet and points. He's like, home. And Elliot goes over to E.T. and it's like, yeah, that's E.T.'s home. And I'm thinking, no, it's not. He's not pointing into the closet. He's pointing out that little circular window. And you see E.T. like turns around and he goes to where the window is in Elliot's bedroom. He's pointing. He's like, E.T. home phone. And Gertie's like, E.T. phone home. And of course, this is probably going to be one of the many, many quotes of this movie is E.T. phone home. Phone home. Mm. E.T. Phone home. 
going home. He wants to call somebody. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what's all this shit? Phone home. My God, he's talking. Oh. Et phone home. Et phone home. Of course, we gotta get to <clears throat> the science people that have been tracking E.T. since the ship zoomed off into the sky. I mean, they have evidence now. They've been following, you know, his footprints clearly. And now they're in a van. Mr. I'm just gonna say Mr. Keys. In a van. They're driving through Elliot's neighborhood and they're listening and trying to pick up, like, clearly if somebody has the that we're after, they're going to be talking about them. So, they're kind of listening to phone conversations and just conversations in general on the houses. I don't know what high-tech stuff they got in that van, but wow. And you just hear, like, from the, the neighbors and stuff. And then we do pick up on E.T.'s voice. E.T.'s voice. <laughs> we pick up on Elliot as he says, Now I wish I would have listened in science. They're probably trying to help E.T. build this communication device. As the boys are in the garage, and Elliot's like, Come on, Michael, think. And Michael's like, Well, maybe we could just grab anything he can make him out of the garage that he can make a machine out of. And Elliot's kind of asking to himself, like, what would make a radar? And Michael says, I don't know, you're the genius here. Michael is just kind of like, oh, you have absolute power, remember? I found him, he belongs to me. Well, looks like their dad must have been into, like, woodworking stuff, or just, this is just run-of-the-mill guy working in, like, his garage is half-garage, half-workshop. We see the van driving past... Elliot's house, and we see that the garage door is up, because the boys are in the garage. And this is the first time Michael mentions, like, hey, he doesn't look too good anymore. And Elliot's like, don't say that! We're fine! And Michael kind of latches on to what Elliot says, the we part. Like, what's this we stuff? Michael's like, you say we all the time now. I mean, really, I think he's getting sick. And the thing is... So between the scene that we just saw of E.T. going phone, home, E.T. home, phone. Has time passed since they've been in the garage? Like, has it been a week? Has it been a few days? Where is this? He's not looking so good, Elliot. I think he might be sick. He did. I, I, I haven't seen anything in that regard. And even, you know, with Halloween coming up, when we see E.T., he looks. But then again, I don't know. I mean, it's not like Michael's a doctor, but... E.T. was coming off a hangover. He had six 16-ounce Coors cans of beer. But Mr. Keys here is really latching on to the information as he's listening in to the boys. So clearly they're talking about the alien who they're looking for. The scientist people. Elliot kind of shuts Mike Michael down with that. Look, he's fine, okay? And uh, Michael's like, okay, forget I mentioned it. Okay, Michael says, Fuzzbuster, 
what is that is like referring because what Michael has it looks like one of those things that you'd put in your car to be able to track where police are so you can not get you know pulled over and stuff like that because he's like give me that fuzz buster which I at first I was I thought it was going to be like a um I don't know like a dust buster or something like that but no it looks like something that would be in your car if you were trying to get away from police or you didn't want to get pulled over and the boys find their dad's shirt and it's like oh it still smells like him Old Spice that Cologne used to wear. And they're talking about how... The boys are talking about the memories they have of their dad. When their dad would take them to either like baseball games. Or he'd take them to the movies. And they'd have popcorn fights. And it's kind of sweet that they're kind of reminiscing these memories of their dad. I mean, we don't know how long that their dad has been gone. Whether it's been six months. Whether it's been a year. I like how Michael is kind of his brother's keeper in a way. As he's like, don't worry, Elliot, we'll do that again with Dad. And Elliot's like, yeah, sure. And I'm just thinking, so does their dad not have any contact with them as far as he's just off gallivanting with Sally, the receptionist, or secretary? Oh, they're both like, oh, Michael's the one that says Old Spice. And Elliot's like, no, it's Seabreeze. Because they're smelling their dad's shirt. It's got his cologne on it. I mean, you guys could probably get why I'd think that this guy who's sitting in this, this Mr. Keys guy, why I probably would have thought, hey, maybe this is their dad or something like that, that he's listening to them, and he's, like, undercover, like, looking for an alien. I don't, I don't know. I just, the way that the guy is just listening to the boys talk, you know, he's in his van and everything. So... Mary is reading Peter Pan to Gertie. And upon... I Like I said, I watch this movie every single October. And I think it wasn't until just a few years ago that I kind of, like, latched onto the importance of this Peter Pan story and the whole thing of clapping, like, bringing Tinkerbell back to life by clapping... And then we kind of get that later on with, you know, E.T. and Elliot. And they're like, oh, is, is he dead, Mom? And she's like, I think so. And Gertie's crying, saying, I wish we could clap to bring him back to life. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's right, because of the Tinkerbell and the Peter Pan story. Okay. So, Elliot, of course, is grabbing... Is this a cylinder saw? It looks like one of those type of saws that... The round circular ones that you would use, like when you're cutting like big, thick, you know, slabs of wood and stuff like that. Um, is it a circular saw or cylinder saw? I'm not sure, but of course, with any sharp object, you're not wearing protective, you know, equipment like gloves. You're gonna, he ends up cutting his finger. He's like, ah, and you do see the blood on the tip of the the blade of the saw there. And E.T. is like, ouch. And then he touches E.T.'s finger and automatically his finger stops bleeding and it's healed like there was never a cut. And E.T., when he's touching Elliot's finger, it's like his fingertip like lights up like a little bulb. And you just see Elliot's expression. It's like, whoa. Just saying like, 
you know, how they get, really get into the story. She's like saying, if you believe, if you believe, clap your hands. Because Peter's like, uh, King can't be dead. No, we have to clap our hands. And if we clap our hands, she can come back to life. Or they're clapping their hands. And I'm just, it makes me think of Finding Neverland and that part of it. And I just remember um, Kate Winslet's mother, this stubborn old bird that seems to hate everything and whatnot. And here her daughter is dying and she's hearing, you know, because they're performing, putting on the play for Kate Winslet's character so because she, she wasn't well enough to get to the theater to see it. And just seeing the her mother's reaction of, like, clapping and it's just like, oh my gosh. Elliot puts a scarf around E.T.'s neck. And is, I like how they're both kind of, in, they're in the closet and they're looking out of the slanted doors at uh, Mary telling Gertie the story. Of course, Gertie wants her mom to read it again. I love this scene. E.T. and Elliot. Elliot puts an arm around E.T.'s shoulder and they just are there and they're just listening to the story and it just, it's such a sweet, beautiful moment. So... Elliot and Michael are kind of watching E.T. kind of put all this stuff together that he's gathered to make this communicator. And <laughs> Elliot's like, Michael, he knows what he's doing. It's fine. And Michael's like, Elliot, he could blow up the whole house. But Michael's the one that's like, listen to how he's breathing. His E.T.'s breathing is really, really ragged. Like... <sighs> you know, really like, ugh, and he just, ugh. it's like whatever he's been on Earth, and clearly it's affecting him, which I'm not surprised. The air quality probably isn't the best to be breathing, even in 1982. And they're in California, and I know about, you know, smog and all that stuff like that. And clearly, whatever the planet is not really a long term inhabitable place for him, and clearly. Michael can see this, the longer E.T.'s staying, the worse he's going to get. Like, that's why he probably, and even E.T. at some point is like, I gotta get home. I gotta get home. I gotta build this and get my family to come back and get me. Because it's like, he probably, the longer I stay, he probably figures he doesn't have much time left. And time is of the essence. And there's really nothing the boys can honestly do when it comes to building this thing. E.T. already has in his head how this communicator is going to be, how it's going to work. So, and Michael, because he knows that Elliot and E.T. have a connection, it's like, what he's, what's he feeling now? And Elliot says he's feeling everything. Remember the flowers, guys? Remember those yellow flowers? And how E.T. just kind of looked, was kind of like, just being near them brought them to life. But you can see the condition of the flowers. Maybe he's even connected in a way because maybe, you know, I heard that he's like plant-based. But the condition, the flowers are wilting and just looking really bad. So I think that's also a reflection on E.T.'s health as well. And not to mention, Elliot's connected too. So what... E.T.'s feeling, Elliot's going to be feeling that as well, which is horrible. I gotta say, I love this bathroom. The way the walls are, like, paneled in this, like, wood. I, it's kind of like, um, 
a blonde color type of wood. I don't know what the the wood is, but it's Halloween. Elliot's getting ready to go, you know, getting his face, you know, makeup and all that stuff. And he's telling Gertie, like, hey, you promised you were going to go as a ghost, remember? And Gertie's like, I'm only pretending that I'm going as a cowgirl. And Ellie's kind of going to, like, making sure, like, remember the plans. You know the plans by heart. So she's like, meet you at the lookout. At the lookout. I'm not stupid, you know. I just love how that bathroom looks beautiful. It just, I love, like, the knotted pine wood or whatever. I don't know what kind of wood it is, but it's it's an awesome looking bathroom. And it's got, like, the double sinks, and it's just, wow. We hear Mary yelling at Michael saying, you're not going to get four blocks in this neighborhood dressed like that. And he's like, mom, please. She's like, no, you're not going as a terrorist. I'm like, fuck no. I know it's 1982, but it's like, damn. Why the f- <laughs> What? Oh my gosh, these kids. Apparently all his friends are going as terrorists. Oh my gosh. So, I can't tell what Michael's supposed to be. A hobo of some kind. He's got a fake knife in the head on his head. His face is kind of covered in like a fake... Uh... Beard, kind of like uh, coal or what, whatever face paint makeup. Oh my gosh, a sit and spin! There's a sit and spin, guys! In the closet! Oh my gosh! My god, look at Oh my god, it's a treasure trove of stuff from the 80s because it's 1982. I remember the sit and spin! That was so fun, kind of. It was kind of fun. <laughs> All right. Well, Elliot is wearing his red hooded zip-up jackets. He's got his bag stuffed with the <coughs> contraption, the communicator, the ET belt. Like, you ready, ET? And ET is like, ready. So they put a sheet over E.T. to make him look like a ghost. Just saying that Gertie, you know, is going in as a ghost. And it's funny because... Their mom, Mary, comes out. She's dressed like a cat. She's got cat ears on her head. She's wearing, like, a leopard print dress. And it's just, <laughs> oh, my gosh. She's like, oh, I gotta get a picture. I love how E.T. is, like, noticing that knife, like, protruding out of Michael's hat. And you just see his fingertip light up. And he's like, ouch, ouch. And Michael's like, it's fake. It's fake. They have a piano in their house. Holy, this is going to be a section of the house I we haven't even seen yet. I'm like, there is a stand-up piano in that's got, like, standing candles on it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of, I kind of like that. That's pretty cool. Wait that the boys react to Mary's leopard print outfit. It's like, it is so skin tight because Michael's got this look on his face like, oh my gosh, my mom is God, a house dress like that. Even Elliot's kind of like looking her up and down like, okay, I am uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like what I'm seeing. Oh, those Polaroid cameras. He's like, oh, Mary just so like, ah, you look great. <laughs> I love how Michael and Elliot are, thank you, thank you. And he's just like, thank you. I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> Is it, he's supposed to be like, Gertie going as a ghost. 
across the flash and that Polaroid like right in E.T.'s face and says, like, he like falls backwards. Like that was too much. That flash was too much for him. Now, did any of you, when you were trick-or-treating back in the day, what was your, what did you use to collect your candy and did you use like the, the plastic bags with the Halloween you know, thing on them. I think I did that one year. It seems like a lot of time I used a pillow sack. It's a lot more durable. It's not going to break. It's not going to, you know, compared to plastic. It's going to hold a lot more candy. Oh, uh, she tells the boys and who she thinks is Gertie. Be back one hour after sundown. Those were my kids. I'm like, you come back before sundown. I don't want you roaming around in the dark. It's not safe. So we go up to the hill to the point. Gertie is just kicking around. It's like, that's going to suck for her because she doesn't get to get, you know, Halloween candy. We see the sun is starting to set as the boys are going through the neighborhood. We get to see all the kids dressed up for Halloween. They're going so slow because, of course, E.T.'s just shuffling around. We do see a lady who's supposed to be like a zombie doctor. With, she's carrying a dog that's got a little uh, clown hat on. And I guess according to the trivia, this was Deborah Winger. Because we're pretty much seeing everything through E.T.'s eye holes of this bed sheet that he's covered with. A lot of kids wearing, you know, masks. Someone's the creature of the Black Lagoon. I don't know what the fuck that face mask is supposed to be. Someone's got a dog, a dog mask on with a hat. I don't know what, what? Mm. E.T. thinks he's found a relative. He's like... Home, home. Because he sees Yoda. <laughs> oh, no. He's like, home. Because he, he turns around and starts following him. Like, oh, no, no, no. No, no. <laughs> I feel bad for him. Because he's like, he looks at the Yoda, who's probably about as close to home as E.T. can get on Earth. He's like, home, home, home. He's probably looks just like a relative, I'm sure. <laughs> that poor kid is so confused. He's like, What? <laughs> He's like, okay, I gotta get out of here. He turns around and shuffles up. Like, I gotta go. I love how Harvey is like, wait, what? What's going on? <laughs> because even Harvey, everyone like is turned, you know, continues walking on. And Harvey's like looking at that Yoda guy. Of course, the sun is definitely starting to set. It's bathed the sky and the scene in a reddish orange. And... Michael is telling Elliot, be back one hour after sunset, no later. It's like, time is of the essence, we gotta get this done. Or mom is gonna kick our ass and never let us leave the house again. So, Elliot tells Michael, like, I'll try as fast as I hurry, as fast as I can, okay? But please cover me. So, they get to the point where the bike is. It's got the milk crate in the front of it. It's like, okay, you gotta help me lift E.T. into the... The milk crate. Luckily, he doesn't really weigh the bike down at all, which is good. It is so dark. It's not pitch black, but it definitely is dark. And it's like, Elliot's like, E.T., do you know where you were going? So, Elliot kind of stops his bike. He's like, it's too bumpy. We'll have to walk. And then, E.T. just like, I got it from here. Because Elliot's about ready to say, 
oh, we'll have to walk from here? And then E.T.'s like, hey, I got this. And just with his magic, just pulls the bike along to the point where it's actually in the sky. And this, of course, is the moment. It's on all the posters. It's been spoofed so many times, but it is so cool. And where Elliot is, he's rising. The bike is rising up in the air. He's like, not too high, not too high. And E.T. is, Elliot's like, not so high, not so high. E.T. is literally above the treetops. First, we get the shot, like I said, with them in front of the moon. And it's just, whoa. Everybody, everybody who's anybody on this knows this shot of the bike with Elliot and E.T. in front of the moon. It's the Ambien Entertainment logo. Now they're lowering to the ground and Elliot's just looking at the ground coming closer and closer. It's like, please don't crash. Don't crash, please. But of course the bike does crash and Elliot like falls off the bike. It looks like it's going on quarter to ten and she's looking at the clock. What the frick I said? You're supposed to be here an hour after sundown, which you think at the end, like the last day of October, it's fall already, so usually isn't it getting dark by at least eight o'clock tops? Yeah, uh, she's just sitting there on the stoop just inside the doorway of the house, just waiting for the kids. Uh, yeah, she's pretty angry. She's blowing out the candles. So Elliot's helping E.T. get everything set up in the, you know, the, um, strings in, in the trees and just everything's got to be set up right. We got the cylinder saw thing that's set up that I guess is kind of like the speak and spell is set up connected to that. So they're trying to get a signal out into the, the sky at something to be able to let them know, like, hey, I am here. I'm right here. Just coming Get me. Come back. Oh, they even incorporated the umbrella in a coffee can. It's like, it's something that's meant to project either a light or something, or sound or whatever, out into... Because there's a clear open sky with the stars and everything, so they got a clear shot of, you know, aiming where they need to aim. And he also has... It's like one of those wooden hangers that's got... Like, little, like, hairpin things attached to it. So it's going to hit specific parts of that cylinder saw thing. Interesting. Oh, there's even um, a lantern battery that they got, like, little, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of it. Jumper cable thingies. Little tiny ones. So Mary, of course, has had enough with waiting. She's going to go look for the kids. She's got that wand stuck in her teeth and she's like, oh, your father's going to hear about this. And then she's back in her car out oh, of the garage in Mexico. Okay, so that garage, it does have room because it's an Audi. It's not a huge car. It's not like a boat of a car, but it has room to be able to turn around and go down the driveway instead of backing out all the way down the driveway. So while Mary's gone, of course, the scientist people that have been following E.T. this whole time are like, okay... Everyone's out of the house. Let's start looking in the house for signs of this thing being here. There's like 20 guys there all going up their driveway and with briefcases filled with whatever techno stuff that they need for... 
So it looks like the wind is kind of picking up that string. It's a drawing. It's a fork that's going against the the little uh, circular saw thing. And in doing that, it's also connected to the speaking. So everything's working as it should. And Ellie's like, E.T., it's working! It's working! You did it! And E.T. is like, home, home. And I'm like, oh! That wind is really picking up because they're both staring into the sky and you see E.T. like, home, home. And it's like, oh, buddy. So, the Sunday's people, they're in the house. They got, it says in the subtitles, it says Geiger counter beating? Beeping? I don't know what a Geiger counter is. <laughs> but they're in they're in Elliot's room and they're trying to figure get traces of E.T. Now we go back to the forest with Ellie and E.T. and Ellie's like, E.T., we have to go. We're so late already. And Elliot, of course, is coughing, so and I'm thinking that's gotta be with what's going on with E.T. And Elliot is like right in front of E.T.'s face, like, we have to go home now, E.T. And E.T.'s just like, hmm? It's like a question, like, hmm? Like, he hasn't even been paying attention. He's so focused on getting this message out to his family that he's not even really paying attention to Elliot. It's like, Elliot, it's, you know, from it's dark, it's cold, he's got to get home. And Elliot is sitting next to E.T. in the woods saying, we should give them some time, E.T. And E.T. is kind of tapping his chest saying, ouch. So maybe he knows, like, Elliot is getting sick. But then again, maybe E.T. is pointing to himself saying, like, he is getting, like, ouch. Like, I am getting sick. Love how we get the shot of the deer just kind of looking at Elliot. And this, uh, <laughs> I, the deer wouldn't even know what to make of E.T., Elliot, at this point, he's pleading with E.T. saying, You could be happy here. I could take care of you. We could grow up together. He's like, I wouldn't let anybody hurt you. And Elliot says, We could grow up together, E.T. And E.T. is just like, Home. Home. It's like, buddy, he did. this isn't his home. This isn't home to him. You're not home to him. He has his own life. And he can't stay on your planet much longer because it's killing him. Like, literally killing him inside. I like the scene here where E.T. takes his long finger and lifts Elliot's chin up to face him. And he's, like, wiping away Elliot's tears and caressing his face. And it's just such a sweet moment. And E.T. just keeps looking at the sky saying, Home. Home. Now it's morning time. It's really foggy. So, Elliot wakes up to find that E.T. is not right next to him. And he's like, E.T.? E.T.? And it's like, oh man, he just I feel bad for Elliot. Cause, I mean, clearly he doesn't think that E.T. just, you know, beamed up like his family came and got him and took him home. Like, no, 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 no. But now we go back to the house. Mary's called the police. They're asking for a description of Elliot. Like, how was he dressed when you last saw him? And she's like, oh, he was dressed like uh, a hunchback. Of course, it's the 80s. And 
It always seems like even in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, when they, the Thompsons had filed a missing persons report, it's always an indication. Like, is there any indication that you would believe that he would have had to to run away? And the same case here, you know, any family problems, recent arguments, and Mary brings up the fact that she and her husband have recently separated. The children really aren't handling it well. And of course, Gertie interrupts. Saying, my father's in Mexico. Like, uh, yeah, I don't think you need to add that. But And Mary's just standing there with the, the refrigerator door hanging open, just pleading with her. Like, where could he have gone? She closes the door and Elliot is right there on the other side. And she turns and sees him and she's like, she's happy, but she's upset. She's like, Elliot, don't ever do this again to me, Elliot. And he's she realizes, like, she feels his, his head, like, oh my gosh, you're burning up. And she's like, Michael, Gertie, go run him a bath. Clearly, he's sick. Well, he's been out all night. And this is, you know, October 31st. You know, Halloween. I mean, I know it's California. Can, I can imagine that the nights are starting to get pretty cold. It's already there. That's November 1st right there. <laughs> Oh, Michael is the one. He and Gertie both get up like Elliot, and that's when Mary is like, "Oh, Elliot!" She's just hugging him and just saying, "Don't ever do this again, Elliot." And just she feels his face is like, "Oh my gosh, you're so hot!" And just telling the kids like, "Please go run him a bath, something." It's like, "Oh boy." And of course, now she's apologizing for yelling at him. It's like she feels bad. Then again. I don't think that Elliot's sick just because he stayed out all night and it's cold. He's reacting to what the elements that are reacting to E.T. E.T.'s... I don't know. How how long are we supposed to guess that E.T. has been here? What, a week? Two weeks? Three? A month? You know, I don't know. I don't know. But clearly... Michael was right when he's like, he doesn't look good, Elliot. He looks like he's getting sick. And you can clearly tell because now Elliot's burning up with a fever. Mary, of course, escorts the policeman out. Like, thank you for all your trouble for stopping by and everything. It's like, pretty much we got it from here. Elliot is asking Michael, like, Michael, is he here? And Michael's like, no. And he's like, Michael, you have to find him, please. He says, you've got to find him, Mike. So Michael's like, all right, where is he? And Elliot says, he's in the forest at the bald spot. Bald spot, okay. So basically an area in the woods where there aren't a lot of trees around. So Michael takes Elliot's bike that's got the milk crate attached to the front of it. And as he's riding his bike to the forest, we see a car. And Michael even sees this car is following him as he turns onto another road. And the car is turning onto the same road. It's like, oh boy. Luckily for Michael, he knows that neighborhood like the back of his hand. So he's cutting through people's backyards, trying to get away from this car. That damn car is on his fucking ass! Holy shit! So, Michael is in the woods. He's at the bald spot, calling for E.T., not seeing him, but he does see the communicator that E.T. put together. You hear the thunder. It's gonna rain. 
Michael does find the sheet, the white bed sheet that was covering E.T. Michael's riding his bike just along the road and there's this little crick. And you look down, poor E.T. is just in this small little crick area that's like, you know, got you know, rocks and rushing water and it's just like, oh my god, he looks bad, guys. His skin is like starting to get kind of whitened and everything. It's just, he looks really, really, he looks not good. He looks near death is what I'm saying. The raccoon that's right by E.T.'s body. He's not touching E.T. or anything. He's just there. It's like, raccoon, you got disease. Get out of here. Go away. Go away. And Michael brings that bed sheet down there, probably something to kind of help pick him up. I mean, I don't know how much E.T. weighs. I wouldn't think it would be much, but Michael's just like, no, no, no. He thinks that E.T. is dead. He's just laying there. But it's just, he looks so pitiful and just so broken and so sickly. It's like your heart just breaks for him. Those science type people have a helicopter because we hear a helicopter approaching as Michael looks up and he's probably thinking the people that were in the car are probably also, you know, scoping the area with a helicopter as well. What? I really want to know what this is. He keeps saying, Mom, come here. Mom, just come with me. Mary, come here. Well, stop calling. I'm surprised she doesn't correct him. Like, why are you calling me Mary? And it's clearly... I don't know whether it's going to be still morning yet because she's got a cup of coffee and Michael's like, Mom, come with me. Re- Mom, remember the goblin that Elliot was talking about? And Mary is just like, Michael, come on now. Michael, this isn't going to work on your mom. As he says, just swear the most excellent promise you can make. Like, just, she's like, what are you talking about? Michael, she's not going to understand. So, Michael opens the door opens the door to the bathroom and we see Elliot just on the floor. His back's up against the bathroom cupboards underneath the sink. E.T.'s there sprawled out on the floor. Gertie's there. And I don't know really what to see, like, what Mary... She's kind of, like, chuckling. (laughs) Oh, this is terrific. And... E.T. looks even worse off than he did when he was down by that ravine. He just, I mean, he is pasty white. Look, his body is just shriveling up. Because E.T. is like reaching out and you hear him say, Mom. And Mary's got that coffee and just she lowers it and it just starts spilling out onto the floor. And Elliot is just barely above a whisper croaking sick. I think we're dying. And I just oh my goodness. Mary puts a hand over her mouth. She's like Michael. And Michael's like mom it's okay. Mary says downstairs. And Gertie even says he's not gonna hurt you mom. And she's like downstairs. Like Michael you need to take her and go downstairs. And then Gertie's saying he's a man from the moon. He's man from the moon. Like oh but Michael says to Mary, "Is like, he's not going to hurt you. Mary goes and picks up Elliot and takes him out of the room. And he's like, you don't know him. You don't know him. And I'm just like, poor E.T. He's just, his, his hand is out. He's like, don't leave me. Don't leave me. And I just, I feel my heart is breaking for him. 
He didn't ask to be left behind. I mean, more than likely, if they'd have showed her, um, you know, when he Elliot first brought E.T. home, her reaction would have been the same. It would have been the same as it is now. Because it seems like kids are more accepting in a way than adults are. Like, I don't know. That's just, that's just my guess. Oh, but he's crying out. His arms are like, don't leave me. And Elliot's like, we can't leave him alone. And Mary opens the door and there's this man in a space suit. It's probably personal protective wear. You just hear E.T. wailing from the top of the stairs and it's like, your heart is just breaking for him. And Michael is the one who opens the door. He's got Gertie on his back. And then there's this man dressed in a space... Literally, it looks like a space suit. Like he's getting ready to... For the space space shuttle launch. That's when Mary finishes coming down the stairs. And she's like right there. And we see the space suit. Gosh, it looks like it's like right from NASA. Mary doesn't know what to think. I mean, clearly this person, you know, these people are like, there's an alien here. We don't know if they have diseases. So basically quarantine the house. Because she, like, runs away from the door and goes to try to go out the back way. But then there's another. It's like all these men wearing these space suit, hazard, hazmat suits, whatever you want to call them. And she's like, this is my house! It's like, what are you doing? She didn't even know what to do with any of this. She's like, this is my home! Why is that train just automatically start moving? There's like a toy train set up in like... I don't think it's the living room. It's another section of the house, probably where that piano is. Now we cut outside and we see like a mass of like 50 plus people in spacesuits. For E.T., I mean, he sees this man in a speed suit and he's still just reaching out like, anybody help me, please. He just, he looks so helpless. He's like, says, home, home. Seems like, I don't know whether this is, I don't think it's NASA. What, what is the, uh, I'm trying to think, what did Elf, Elf is called, like the alien task force or something. But you also see, their house is completely covered in this white sheet. You think that they were spraying for termites or something. But, I mean, the government control over this whole neighborhood, this house. So, somebody is asking Mary questions, clearly about E.T. Like, does he sleep at night? Have you noticed any surface sweating? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. What's wrong with Elliot? It's like, the hell? worried about her kid. She just met this little alien the same day you did, basically. Yeah, they're all directing questions at Mary. Has it lost any hair? And Gertie's like, he never had any hair. And then we also have people that are questioning Michael. Like, did it ever build anything or write anything down? And the guy is asking Michael, and you say he has the ability to manipulate his own environment. And... Michael's like, well, he's smart. He communicates through Elliot. And the guy's like, Elliot thinks it's thoughts? And Michael's like, no. Elliot feels his feelings. I think there's like also a decompression chamber, too. Mr. Keys is coming out of. 
guessing whenever they go into the house from outside, they have to de- decompress so they're not bringing any germs from the outside and then affecting, you know, E.T. We see on a monitor, we see Elliot and E.T. Clearly, the, both of them are linked by this connection. I have no idea what Crystalline is, but now it's like, oh, let's run an ultrasound. So Elliot's right. They're basically studying E.T., like, they want to learn more about him, so they got him hooked up to all these machines. The same thing for Elliot. These alien- I'm just going to call them the alien task force. These people have literally taken over the entire house. Like, with their equipment and their decompressing chambers and just- Ugh. Not like you can call the police on these people because I guess they're with the government because there's also police cars while this alien task force was bringing in all this stuff. Poor Elliot's hooked up to all this stuff. He's like, you're scaring him! You're scaring him! I was like, oh. Elliot is just, it's almost like his voice is an echo. It's like, leave him alone! Leave him alone! I can take care of him! So Mr. Keys goes over to Elliot and he's like, Elliot, I've been to the forest and the people that are working on Elliot as well as E.T. are saying, oh, he shouldn't talk now because he's very, very weak. They're even making comments like this alien doesn't even look like it's alive anymore because E.T. looks literally near death. So Mr. Keys, as I've taken to calling Peter Coyote's character because he's just called Keys in IMDb in the credits, is asking, he's like, well, he has to talk. And he's talking to Elliot, asking him, that machine, what does it do? And Elliot's like, he's trying to call his people. He's trying to go home. Oh, he calls it the communicator, because that's what I've been kind of calling it, the communicator. Honestly, what else are you going to call that machine that E.T. put together? And Elliot's asking, like, is it still working? And Mr. Keys is like, it's doing something. Mr. Keys is like, what? What is it doing? And Elliot's like, I really shouldn't tell. He came to me. He came to me. So, this is where I'm confused. And I probably understood this wrong growing over many, many different viewings. Now, Mr. Keys says, he came to me too, Elliot. I've been waiting for this moment since I was ten years old. So, Are we the audience to believe that this is not E.T.'s first time on Earth? That he has been there before and he had an experience with Mr. Keys as a 10-year-old boy. And he he came back. I I don't don't know. I just, I don't know. That's what I'm kind of gathering from what he's saying. Like, his kind has been here before when this guy who looks like he's probably close to 40 and in 1982 40 close to 40 looks like 50 maybe he maybe et had we his his family had been to earth before like every so many years they come back and they collect more sand cuz you saw in that spaceship you saw that plant life that was there that they're clearly going to planets they're taking plant life back with them to study. I, I like Mr. Keys here. He's like, I don't want him to die. What can we do that we're not already doing? And I'm sure Ellie's like, he has to go home. He's trying to find his, his people, his family. 
He can't, like, he can't stay here. Elliot's like, he's calling his people. And I don't know where they are, but he needs to go home. I gotta say, Henry Thomas acts the hell out of this movie. He acts the fuck out of this movie, I'm telling you. He just, especially in this scene, like, the raspy hoarseness of his voice. And Mr. Keys tells Elliot, he's like, Elliot, I don't think he was left here intentionally. And no, he wasn't. He was getting samples and then his family got spooked by those people that were around. It's like, we gotta get out of here. We gotta go. And E.T. was so far off from where the spaceship was that they're like, we gotta go. We can't we can't wait for you. Maybe maybe they did forget. Maybe they didn't realize till they were off of Earth that they were missing one of their own. I mean, that could very well be. And Mr. Keys is telling Elliot how E.T.'s being here is a miracle. It's a miracle. And he's telling Elliot how you did the best that anybody could. That's the thing, and it's good that maybe that E.T. did happen upon a young boy instead of some bloodthirsty hunter with a gun who would have shot and reacted with violence over reacting innocently, I guess. What a leak in Harry and the Hendersons where it's like, yeah, they'll shoot first and ask questions later, and by then it's too late. So I think what Mr. Keys here is saying about it being a miracle that E.T. is here, it's like he's saying it's a miracle because we can study and we can learn from E.T. So I really don't, I, I think in a way it's almost like Mr. Keys is kind of dumbing things down for Elliot. Almost, it feels like maybe even may, whether Mr. Keys is supposed to be a nice guy, maybe he's manipulating Elliot into getting information from him to, and all he really wants to do is just study E.T. He doesn't really care about him. For, I, I don't know, it's kind of a mixed bag, like how are we supposed to feel about this guy because he... The way he said, I've been waiting for this moment since I was 10, and we're to believe that maybe E.T.'s family had already made an appearance to him when he was 10? I don't know. He tells Elliot, I'm glad he met you first. And he's like gripping Elliot's hand with his gloved hand. Because Elliot is almost in like kind of a compression chamber almost. So probably, you know, trying to keep germs out so they could, because he is what's currently linked to E.T. And they're learning stuff through Elliot, or from E.T. through Elliot. So this guy comes in all of a sudden, like, he's got DNA! He's got DNA! So they're clearly talking about E.T. and everyone's like, he's got DNA? Okay, so we go back to the monitor that is connecting Elliot and E.T. And we see E.T.'s blood pressure is dropping. It's like, he doesn't have much time left. And Elliot's hearing that. He's like, E.T. And he can see because E.T. is looking at Elliot. And they're saying how Elliot's blood pressure is like going back up. So it's in a way, it's like they're separating from each other because E.T. is dying. It's not like he's going to kill Elliot and take him with him because they're still connected. If E.T. dies, that connection is completely severed because they even say that. It's like he's separating from the boy. This breaks my heart. 
Elliot's looking over at E.T. on the table across from him. He's like, E.T. And E.T. is looking at Elliot like, Elliot. It's just so sad. This is just so sad. And Elliot is pleading with E.T. like, E.T. Stay with me. You just see E.T., who's also got an IV, who's also got a breathing tube. And he's like, stay. <laughs> it's like, I'm sure part of him would want to, you know, because he loves this young boy. And Elliot loves him. It's like his body just, he can't handle it. It's almost like his body is, is working against him. And you know in E.T.'s heart that he would wa- really wants to be with his family. You know, he's grateful for Elliot and everything he's done. But it's like he has to go home. E.T. is like, together. And Elliot says, I'll be right here. And E.T. is just saying, And then we see on the monitor as the medical assistant here is saying that the she the creature the creature's pressure is bottoming out. It's like yeah he's dying. They're asking you know how's the boy and they're saying oh he's converting back to sinus. So they're separating. The connection is almost severed. Mister Keys says what does that mean, guys? I'm sorry I'm repeating myself. It just seems like. Audacity, sometimes I'm talking and the thing isn't moving, so it's not picking up my dialogue. And they say, the boy's coming back, we're losing E.T. Okay, now they're calling him E.T. instead of the creature. Elliot, just, his arms are out, just trying to connect with E.T. Like, E.T., answer me, please. And now we're back, you know, upstairs, which seems to not really have been touched. Remember the flowers? They're like those yellow flowers in that pot they're pretty much dead just about oh actually michael goes up to the closet because it seems like it's the only place that isn't inhabited by all those people and masks and you know hazmat suits so it's morning michael wakes up and he sees the flower pot and those flowers are dead and he realizes because et had a connection with those flowers it's almost like you know, his life was representative of those flowers. And he's like, no! Because he knows, like, E.T. E.T.'s dead. Actually watching as these flowers wilt and just fall off their stems. And we go downstairs where Elliot's screaming, E.T., don't go! And then we hear the doctor say he's got no pulse or respiration. They're taking down the plastic sheet. It's like, He's not breathing, and Elliot the whole time is screaming, Leave him alone! Leave him alone! And he's, like, ripping off those um, plastic monitors that are monitoring his his heart rate and everything like that. He's like, He came to me! He came to me! It's like, You're killing him! You're killing him! Because they're using the defibrillator on E.T., and it's like, Oh my gosh. He's like, You're killing him! You're killing him! seems like for a child watching this movie for the first time, this would be frightening. Elliot's screaming, you're killing him! You're killing him! Stop! And they're like, get the boy out of here, get him out of here. 
Apparently, like doing like they're doing heart compressions on ET. They haven't done the defibrillator yet, but a breathing thing, you know. Um, I can't tell what those things are. What do you say? Compressed air or something that they're trying to put into his nose. They're saying we're losing him. We're losing him as they get the defibrillator. It's like this is, and then poor Gertie and his her mom, and it's just, they're crying. It's like, this has got to be too much for a little kid. This is, for any kid watching this that's under the age of eight, like, I wouldn't be showing this to them. This is traumatized. This would traumatize any child. This, like, probably scared me as a kid. Elliot's crying, and his mom is there, and he, like, hugs her, and just... My gosh, Drew Barrymore, she is so upset. I swear there's like a, some, a special feature and you just see her just bawling her eyes out. This poor girl. So of course we see outside, there's a camera crew out there, the news, every single neighbor, uh, neighbor on that block is there. Michael's friends are there, Tyler and Greg and Steve. So... Now we're back in the inside with with E.T. and the doctors and everything. And there's like, are any ideas what we can do from here? And basically someone's like, just call, you know, time of death. Just like, oh. Someone says, I think he's dead. Well, I mean, how many of you, when you first watched this, probably as a kid, probably thought this is it. This is, E.T.'s gone. Like, he's not coming back from this. I mean, those of you that probably didn't see it in the theater first. I mean, those of you that when you saw it for the first time ever, you thought he's gone. They're saying, all right, pack him in ice. Everyone's taking their hazmat helmets off. Even Michael is in tears at this point. It's like, you know, you you come to love this alien, and you love the relationship he has with Elliot and the and you know the Michael and Gertie and everything. It's just the idea, just like, like he's gone, he's not coming back. It's just it's, it's heartbreaking. We got Mister Keys there standing over. It's, it's almost like the way that he's like bending down as. You know, E.T. is on the stretcher. It almost makes me think, like, when you... Uh, I know, I'm getting I'm getting choked up. When you go to, for like, a, you know, a visitation to, a, you know, the open casket and you're saying your goodbyes and everything. And that's what that's making me feel like. It's just, it's sad. I don't like these people. They have their solemn faces. Like you didn't know E.T. Okay, you didn't know him. He was just a specimen to you. That's all you cared about. So don't give me those solemn faces like you gave a damn because you didn't. He was just a creature to study to them and nothing more. Those doctors or scientists or whatever they are. Alien task force, if you will. Oh, Mr. Keys is closing E.T.'s eyes. And this is the scene where Gertie, oh my gosh, Drew Barrymore is just, she is an emotional crying mess. She's like, 
is he dead, Mama? And Mary's like, I think so, sweetheart. And this is where she says, can we, like, clap to, like, bring him alive again? Like, in Peter Pan? And she's like, honey, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, I mean, I know how it ends. I, like I said, I watch this movie every October, but I can't help and get emotional because it's just sad. Oh, this is what, no, she said not clapping, but she says, can we wish for him to come back? Like in Peter Pan. Now this looks like one of those type of like little compression taint chamber things. It's got like the um the little the round window on the top and they're putting E.T. in that. So Mr. Keys asks Elliot, would you like to say goodbye to him before we take him away? And Elliot just looks at Mr. Keys with such disdain. He's like, they'll just cut him all up. Mr. Keys says, would you like to spend some time alone with him? And then he, I, I like what he does here. He asks everyone, like, can we all step out for a minute, please? Like, exactly. Give Elliot the privacy because he was the one who found E.T. E.T. E. came to him. He Remember, he sought Elliot out. He came back to that shed that next night. And everyone, it's nice, everyone steps out, and Elliot is just, Michael actually can't take it anymore, and he turns around and, and walks out of the house. And Elliot, just this moment alone with E.T., is just looking at E.T. and just saying, look at what they've done to you. I'm so sorry. You know, Elliot didn't want this for E.T., he wanted to help him get home. And Elliot's kind of looking upward, almost skyward, as he says, You must be dead, because I don't know how to feel. And then he looks at E.T., just, you know, laid out in this chamber through the, you know, window, and says, I can't feel anything anymore. And he, he, Elliot continues, you've, you've gone someplace else now. I like what he says. He says, I'll believe in you all my life. He says, every day. And he looks at E.T. and says, E.T., I love you. As Elliot shuts the door on that chamber and you see that red glow where E.T.'s heart is. You see it light up. It's like, it's like Elliot said the magic word. <laughs> Every day, 
as Ellie is walking, basically this is the kitchen area, and he's walking past that flower pot with the flower, the two yellow flowers and the pink flower, and he sees that the flowers like actually brightening and it's not dead and it's like the stalks are like on the stems it's, they're like blooming and it's like <gasps> and he goes over and he's like eating it's like his heart it's you know that red glow it's like he lifts the chamber door and unzips the the bag that E.T. is in <laughs> And E.T.'s eyes open. He's E.T. phone home. E.T. phone home. And it's like, oh, you're right. How many people were cheered at this moment? Like, oh, like we're so surprised. Elliot's like, oh. it's like, does this mean they're coming? And E.T. is like, yes. And I'm like, yes. Of course, Elliot doesn't want to arouse suspicion. Everyone thinks he's dead, right? It's like, because E.T. is so excited. He's like, home, phone, home, home, phone, home. And it's like, will you shut up? Be quiet. He's like trying to cover his mouth. like, Because he's like, he's going to pretend that he's still dead. Right? So he, he pretends that he's crying and everything like that. Mr. Keys comes and takes Elliot away. And it's like, once Elliot gets outside. He's like, Michael, he's alive. He's alive. And this is a blue. I guess it wasn't supposed to happen. Where the guy who plays Michael, like, like jumped up. Like, he's like, yeah. And I guess he hit his head on the back of something. But they kept it in. So they're going to take him back to the lab and do whatever with him. He's like, no, we got, his family is coming. We have to get him out to the forest so he can, you know, the meetup spot. Guys, of all the people, because Gertie comes in with a flower saying, are they gone, mama? And Mary's confused. Like, are, what, who, who's gone? 
and Mary's like, who's gone? And Gertie says, the boys, I'm supposed to give you this note when they're gone. And it's like, give me the note now, Gert. Oh, oh um, yeah, I never caught this before. Uh, the Mr. Keys is kind of telling Mary that they'll be detained like eight to eight days to two weeks. So I'm with, as in the house is still going to be kind of under quarantine or something like that. I'm kind of guessing like they won't be able to have any outside interaction with anybody. Maybe I'm not sure. She reads the, she steps away. Mary does reads the notes. Oh my God. Probably we've taken E.T. and we're going to take him to the rendezvous spot in the woods to meet up with his family that will take him home. So Elliot is in the van that has E.T. And you see how the van has actually got like that connected long like wide like tube with the ridges. Elliot goes up to the front of where um, the, the driver's seat is and <laughs> spooks Michael. And Elliot's like, where's your mask? And Michael's like, it's back here. It's like, well, get it on. It's like, you you can't be showing your face and you're sitting in the driver's seat, basically. You're gonna get caught. Michael's like, I'm trying. And of course, this guy comes up to the driver's side <laughs> and sees Michael there. Like, what are you doing? And I like Michael saying, I'm driving. <laughs> The guy's like, open the door, son. Open the door. <laughs> the guy, like, he goes up to the van. He's like, hey, who are you? And Michael looks at him like, I'm driving. <laughs> I always laughed at that scene. At this scene. Michael doesn't know what to do. He's like, there's a guy out here. What do I do? Ellie's like, what are you waiting for? Let's go. You need to move your ass. And Michael's like, I've never driven forward before. It's like, well, then you need to start now because there's people like racing to the van. So Michael starts driving forward that connecting tube thing to the back of the van is still attached and there's two guys in it. And Elliot is like trying to pull the things out to like separate the tube from the back of the van because the doors are like hanging open. So... Michael, before he pulls out of the driveway completely, tells his friends, get the bikes, meet us at the top of the hill by the playground. Michael is white-knuckle driving, which he's like, oh my god, we're gonna die and I'm never gonna get my license. So, Michael's like screaming behind him, like, hey, where's the playground? And Elliot's like, it's near the preschool. Michael's like, where's that? And Ellie's like, I don't know, straight. I don't know, straight. Mom normally drives me. It's like, yeah, if you're a kid, who's paying attention to streets, right? Like, unless you're driving, who needs to pay attention, right? So Mary's back in the car on the driveway. Mr. Keys is like, where are you going? Damn it, Gertie. She's like, to the spaceship. And she's like shoving those flowers in Mary's face. It's like, stop. And Mr. Keys are like, to the spaceship. And Gertie's like, to the spaceship, to the moon. Like, ugh. God, this kid, I swear, she is no good at keeping secrets. She's worse than Stephanie Tanner. Even Mary's like, quiet. <laughs> oh, of course, Mr. Keys puts two and two together. Clearly, E.T. is not dead. And the boys took off. And they're going to take him. Which, what the hell? Why shouldn't they help E.T. get home? He's not your experiment to toy with and take apart. 
Those guys that were in that plastic tunnel that's connected to the van, they're like, don't pull that off! Because Elliot's like separating, the th- pulling out the little plugs that are keeping that plastic tube thing connected to the back of the van. It's like, no, you're not coming with. Here come the police. Like, uh, Gertie, why did you have to open your damn mouth? They must have put two and two together when they saw the boys take off in the van with E.T. in it. <laughs> Michael's driving literally right through the park. And now Michael's friends get to see E.T. the alien. Well, Elliot's like, okay, he's a, sp- he's a man from outer space. And we're taking him to a spaceship. And I love how Craig is like, can he just beam up? And I love Elliot's response. This is reality, Greg. Of course, they get to the van. It's empty. And Mary's screaming, no guns, they're children. It's like, really? The hell? Where did Harvey come from? Oh, maybe he was following the kids on the bikes. So, Elliot, of course, is riding his... They're all on bikes now. He is in his bike. He's got E.T. and the milk crate in the front. Of course, the cops are on their tail. So, the kids gotta not take the streets. They gotta start taking the hills. But it doesn't matter because the cops are still, like, following them. So, Elliot, they're, they're riding down the road. I mean, people are literally on foot chasing them. And then, of course, they're blocked out by police. This isn't gonna, like, no. E.T.'s like, <laughs> I've come this far. You're not gonna stop me. And pretty much he has them all, all the kids on bikes airborne. They got guns. Are you insane? They are children. And you're you're going to kill an alien. Oh, for heaven's sake. This in the remastered edition instead of guns, they want to make it more kid friendly, so they added like the guys were holding walkie-talkies instead. Give me a break. If they're worried about your kids seeing guns in a kids movie, then don't let them watch. I love how the kids are like flying through the air and like, whoa, their reactions is like, whoa. So many backyard pools. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's November now at this point and the sun is setting. We all see the spaceship come down. It's dark out. The kids are all amazed. I love eating, seeing the spaceship and saying, home, home. Of course, we see. Mary with Gertie come up in the car and you hear Gertie screaming before you see her. Stop the car, mama! They're over there! They're over there! Like, oh, kid. Of course, Gertie and, you know, Michael, they get to say their goodbyes too. And Gertie's crying and she's like, I just wanted to say goodbye. And Michael tells her he doesn't know goodbye. I love what E.T. says to her. He points at her and says, Be... Good. I can't do an E.T. voice, I'm sorry. She nods at E.T. and says, yes. Aw, she kisses him on the nose. That's so sweet. And I like this moment here with E.T. and Michael where Michael's kind of, you know, patting the top of, you know, kind of rubbing the top of E.T.'s head just above his eye. And E.T. says, thank you. And Michael says, you're welcome. 
And I guess, is Ethie going to take the flowers with him? I don't know. Of course, we see Mary there with Mr. Keys and Michael's friends. Michael, of course, lifts up Gertie and, you know, takes her away because this is you know, a big deal. You know, Elliot's the one that found E.T. E.T. came to him, so this is the most important goodbye here. up to say goodbye to E.T. And E.T. says, come. And Elliot tells him, stay. I think, is he saying more like, I have to stay, like I can't come with you, or is he pleading one last time for E.T. to stay? It's like, I think it's more Elliot is saying, no, I have to stay. I can't come with you. Okay, I gotta ask you guys, like I said, I've seen this just about every year in October. This scene here where E.T. is going, ouch, and Elliot says, ouch, is this like, because Elliot's crying, and I'm just wondering if this their way of saying, like, I love you, or, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm just, I'm not sure. Or maybe say, you know, ouch, because, you know, Elliot's crying, and maybe E.T. is too, even though E.T. is happy he's going home, but he's going to miss Elliot because, you know, this was the kid that, you know, loved him and and, and ultimately, you know, saved his life in the end. And you know, they had a connection, a bond. And, you know, they're friends. I love how Elliot just falls into E.T. in a hug and it's just like, oh. You see Mary kind of sing to her knees. I mean, this has got to be, you know... 
hurt her as well. You know, Elliot is attached to E.T. He loves E.T. and just... If you think about it, Elliot's losing another person. I mean, yeah, his dad is kind of in his life. He's still alive, but he's not in his life. And it's like, there's probably his bigger attachment to E.T. than, you know, his father right now. And just the idea of, like, losing someone else you care and you love is just so heartbreaking. I love how when E.T. sticks his, his finger out and his fingertip lights up and just Elliot at first, he's surprised like he wasn't expecting it. And how E.T. says, I'll be right here. And it's just, it melts your heart. It's just so beautiful. It's such an endearing, sweet way to end this movie. He starts going up the ramp. He is taking the flowers with him. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Harvey goes up the ramp. After E.T. It's like, buddy, you gotta stay here. You gotta protect your family, buddy. You can't come with. It's like, oh yeah, I guess I can't go, can I? The ramp, of course, folds back up. And you see E.T. standing there. And, you know, the spaceship's getting ready to take off. This is it. And that the hatch portal kind of closes, too. And that's that's it. That's the last see of E.T. Um... Is it still nighttime out? Because I thought it was pitch black, but it's like, I guess it's not completely nighttime yet. But the spaceship takes off. There it goes. Bye. Oh, as it goes into the sky, it's arching like a rainbow. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm just thinking, like, even Michael's friends, it's like, now they're believers. And just Michael and Elliot and Gertie and just Mary and just, like, even Mr. Keys, it's like... They have a story that they'll be able to tell their kids and their grandkids. And it's going to be passed down like this. Oh, it's just. And that's how the movie ends. And it just, it's such a good, heartwarming film. And yes, it's sad, but it's also funny and sweet and just so memorable. So many classic lines, so many funny scenes. And I just, I love watching this every single October. It always melts my heart. It always makes me tear up and cry. But at the end, I'm always left feeling like... It's a good movie. I love the relationship between Elliot and and E.T. And, you know, the brother, you know, Michael and Elliot, even, you know, Gertie. And it's just, and, and, you know, their mom and what she's going through. It's just, it's so sweet. So that's my review of E.T. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know usually my reviews tend to be around three and a half hours long. But it's like, I like to go through the movie. I like to have you guys experience watching it with me. So... I actually just thought of this while I was, um, I swear, I'm trying to remember when exactly this came up, that it was, was it, was it a year ago, two years ago, I don't know, but hold on a second. Yeah, okay, so I looked it up on YouTube, it was last December, November, December, that there was a commercial for, I think, Xfinity. And it was E.T. and, uh, it's called E.T. and Elliot reuniting for the holidays. And I just thought, and, and somebody commented, it's like, E.T. did not need a movie sequel, but this commercial was absolutely perfect. They are 100% right. So I'm going to watch the commercial and um, talk about it. Describe it. And if you guys want, I mean, it's on YouTube, jump on YouTube, type in E.T. and uh, E.T. commercial. So, yeah, it looks like we have a uh, grown-up Elliot. He's got a couple kids of his own. 
it's around the holidays. The kids are, his son and daughter are hitting each other with snowballs outside. Then all of a sudden, they got the, the, the white Christmas lights out and all of a sudden it's like starting to flicker and then we're inside the house and Elliot's at his laptop. His wife is in the kitchen and like the power's like flickering. Like what in the heck? Oh, the kids get a flashlight from the garage and they go into the backyard and there's a snowman that's been built but they look at the arms of the snowman that should be like, you know, twigs or something and it's like little, you know, long, you know, fingers, you know, arms. It's like, what? Why are they moving? And E.T. pops out behind the snowman and the kids are like, ah! And E.T.'s like, ah! And E.T. looks at the kid because, you know, Elliot's got a son and a daughter. And he's like, Elliot? And all of a sudden, out rushes Elliot and, like, shoves his son out of the way. And it's like, <gasps> Elliot's like, you came back! And he's like, see, that's my son. This is my family. And he's gonna start uh, showing him stuff. See the flowers, which bloom in the flower pot, you know, kind of a throwback. And Ellie's like, a lot's changed since the last time you were here. You get a tablet that's got Xfinity on it. Because it's an Xfinity, Xfinity commercial. So. <laughs> and Elliot's son is like, it's called the internet. And he does the thing like, like mind blown. And they're all at the table and Elliot's son is like, eat it. And he eats a kid, like shoves a cupcake in his mouth and it's adorable. Oh, E.T., we love you. Elliot's son has one of those things strapped to E.T.'s I, I can't, I don't know what it's called. It's like the thing like you put your phone in front of it, like, and you put it like over your eyes. And it's like, okay, I'm going to start it now. Oh, and another throwback. Remember how I was talking about those rainbow vertical blinds? They're in this commercial. I'm like, oh my gosh. Now we're outside and we hear, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. And we got the kids playing in the snow, snow angels. I love that they have E.T. in a faux fur lined hood coat. And it's just, and then of course the, um, I think this is another throwback. Remember when I mentioned how when Elliot and E.T. were in the closet and E.T. Elliot wraps that like white and green striped scarf around his neck? I think this is another callback. And we see E.T. sledding with Elliot's daughter and everyone's on the couch all bundled up and Elliot's like, all right, holiday movies. I'm not sure. What's the one that sings the... I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. It's, it's a black and white movie, and I don't know what it is. I love how they're all on the couch, and Elliot and E.T. are the only ones that are awake. And I love e how Elliot's son is resting his head on E.T.'s shoulder, and it's just so sweet. And Elliot goes into his son's room, sees E.T. there, and E.T. is kind of showing him a vision of, you know, a smaller E.T. and another E.T., probably his family. Like, he probably has a kid, too. Maybe he's got grandkids at this point. Who knows? E.T. says, home. And, of course, Elliot hugs him. Aww. It's like, yeah, he needs to go home again. They still have this old shed. And... They got Elliot's old bike with the milk crate attached to it. And the kids are, like, looking at it. And you see E.T., like, pointing, like, up into the sky. Their laughter, uh, their kids' laughter kind of pulls Elliot and, his, Elliot and his wife out of bed. And they see their kids on the bike with Elliot. Elliot's son is 
riding Elliot's old bike with the milk crate with E.T. inside of it. And then also his daughter's in the bike ne- the bike next to his. We get that classic shot of uh, the bike with E.T. in the milk crate in it. You know, riding in front of the moon. And we hear E.T. going, I'll be right here. And his fingertip lights up. And of course, Elliot's son is wearing that same red zip-up hoodie. And we see E.T. get into a spaceship and zoop up into the sky. And Elliot's son has like this glowing red inside of his um, zip-up hoodie. And he pulls it out. And it's that green orb that E.T. was holding that you see like a... Like a pic, like a, a vision of like image of E.T. It's like, what is this? This is so weird. Of course, we flash to the refrigerator with a picture of E.T. dressed in that coat with Elliot's family. Oh, it's so sweet. Oh, there's also tickets to it says Planetary Space Museum Black Holes, and there's a picture, a Polaroid picture of Elliot and Michael when they are dressed for Halloween with E.T. right there in the middle and then their dog Harvey. Oh, it's so cute. Someone, of course, commented, like, too bad that, um, you know, Gertie and her, you know, Michael and, you know, their mom wasn't there. I think it definitely did well. The commercial was really, that's the movie we needed. It was just the commercial hit, all the right beats and everything, so... That being said, guys, I, like I said, I hope you enjoyed this review of this movie. I love this movie. I'll, I'll be watching it again next year, the year to come after that, every October. So, yeah. So, basically, what I'm planning to do for November is because I want to do, I want to finish what I started back in, like, June or July or August when I was working on the Look Who's Talking 2 movie. So, that way I can do Look, Look Who's Talking Now in December because I got I to gotta do the second one to get to the third one. So, look forward to that in November and then I'll cover that in December. Look Who's Talking Now. So, and I'll have completed the trilogy. So, all right, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful Halloween, depending on what you're doing, if you're staying and watching movies, eating popcorn, if you're eating candy, and we'll welcome November and December. We'll finish out 2020 and see what 2021 has to offer for us. All right, bye-bye, everybody.